0: Oh, dude, I'm I'm beat up, man. I was uh, spotting and loading at uh, static monsters today.
1: Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that. I saw you. Uh, I saw your story. Um, so you were in Nashville today? No, no, no. Uh, we we uh, we had the local one here
0: at, uh, at uh, Bradenton, West Coast, Florida.
1: Okay, so I guess they must do static monsters across the US, like all the same on the same day. Yes. Okay. Uh,
0: They try to do it on the same day. There's actually, I want to say something like three quarters are happening today. Well, happened today, and then
1: some will happen next week. Okay, yeah, because I know that there was, I saw on Tyler Young's Instagram that Mm -hmm. his team was in Nashville at Southside. Yeah, uh, CJ Pierce, the uh, Clash 200 uh,
0: pound champ. Okay. Um, he just set the American log record at, I want to say, 200 pounds today. And that was in like Arizona.
1: How much did he end up pressing? 250. Oh, wow.
0: Well, he's got the axle record at three. Oh, I'm sorry, 350. And he's got s- the axle. Yeah. The axle's like 365 that he set a couple months back.
1: So he pressed more on the axle than he did on the log? That's surprising. And
0: and what's actually, so the funniest thing was, he set that axle record um, about a month or two. Okay, so now it's been six months now that I think about it. Because they did the Clash Finals in April, right? Um, And he did the Record Breakers event. And that's actually where I first met CJ. And it was the funniest thing. We're sitting poolside and I didn't recognize him as CJP U-90. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm talking to this guy I just met at the pool about, yeah, there was this dude and I saw him clean the axle. It looked so smooth. And, and then he just pressed it like it was nothing too. And he's like, that sounds a lot like my technique. And I was like, oh yeah, listen to this guy, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, you know, it's, and, and that's just funny how life works because uh, when CJ did the uh, U-90 show, which was here in Florida, um i ended up sponsoring the show and cj and i you know we had hit it off back in april and when he was here they kind of messed up his hotel so he ended up staying at my place saturday night after the show oh nice which is like two hours away from where everything else he was doing was taking place so we ended up going out getting barbecue and cigars and just going over everything. It was awesome. It was like, you know, just this, this whole experience is crazy, but yeah, CJ is a freak, um, especially with pressing. And he used to have a problem with deadlifts, but he's been working with uh, uh, what's his name? CJ Kraus.
1: Okay. I don't Um, think
0: I know him. He's a uh, he's actually a 175 guy, a, a, a U80 competitor. I think he, he's got like an 800 pound deadlift. Oh, my God. Now that's suited. And you're like, oh, well-suited,
1: right? His raw is like 760. So, like, he's just a freak. Well, an 800-pound deadlift from anybody is going to impress me. I mean, I even yeah. the first competition I ever did, I saw Tyler Young pull 800 from 13 inches, and that was more than the super heavyweight guys. He competes at 231. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's insane how much the lighter guys are, are doing these days. You know, it's that thing, too, where – and that's actually something I really like about
0: Clash. I've actually been friends with um, Anthony Furman for, God, seven, eight years now.
1: I'm actually having him on next week. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him I said hi.
0: Um, And and tell him I'm still working on stuff for him, too. Okay. Uh, And uh, so I've known him for years, and, you know, he said something – really important at one of the, one of the shows where basically it was, it was the idea was there's more of us than there are of them. You know, there's more of us lightweight and, and, and not, I would say normal <laughs> human beings. Right. Than there are of these six foot eight, six foot five
1: freaks, the giants live
0: guys. Right. There's more of us. There's more guys that are five foot eight and, you know, around 200 pounds. than there are, uh, like you said, the giants lives guys. So I, I, I appreciate shows like Clash um, and, and shows like OSG especially because they give a place for regular-sized human beings to actually show just how impressive they can be. Because like you said, I mean, you've got, you know, I saw a 175 guy just the other month. I was training at uh, Lynn Morehouse's place, and he just threw up a 175 dumbbell like it was nothing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy how much it seems like in the past – couple years, the the big focus before COVID hit was the deadlift and Thor pulling the five Oh one and everyone getting big deadlifts. Now it seems since guys like Bobby Thompson and Rob Kearney Mm -hmm. have kind of taken, which Rob Kearney due to, you know, his injuries and uh, his own, his cancer has has had to take a step back, but you've got big pressers now. And I kind of, and I suck at pressing personally, Um, but but it's, it's, I've, I've got longer arms. See, I'm more suited for deadlifting and loading, which sucks. But, um, it's, it's really, it's much more enjoyable to see a guy take a log from the ground above his head than it is to see Thor break the world record by a kilogram. Like congratulations, buddy, 2.2 and a quarter pounds. Right. Right. You know, and, and
0: I've actually, so I've been involved in strongman and one, one facet or another since about 2013. Um, I've been competing since I think my first official like sanctioned competition was like 2015, I think. It might have been 2016 or something like that. But um, I have seen over the years just the kind of the new hotness every year. Yeah. And what's funny is it trickles down. What's interesting, it never seems to trickle up. You know, a local comp will do kind of a really cool event and uh like i remember one year there was a uh, there was a natural stone press and it was cool and that was a local show here in orlando and nobody you know it didn't trickle up but that same year everybody was doing a a hummer tire deadlift in the pros right and that trickled down the next year every single local show had some sort of 13 or 18 inch pull from a a mammoth type bar or super whippy bar right and then i saw that same trend where when thor was going for that or even just talking about going for that deadlift every single competition here in florida and we have a lot of comps every year every single one had a max max weight deadlift of some kind whether it was a And they were all standard height, but some were axles, some were, uh, you know, just deadlift bars, some were power bars, but it was all max weight. And I was just like, it bored me, honestly, because I'm like, I got into strongman to deadlift cars and shit. Not to see who could I would have done powerlifting because I have a good grip anyway. So like I'll just go to powerlifting, we're gonna play this game. You know what I mean? And I'll just do push pulls because I'm a better bencher than I am a a overhead presser anyway. So right, (laughs) like I'll just go have fun doing that, you know? And then I practice hook grip anyway, just because I think it's fun, because I'm sick like that. And, And so I saw that happen, and I think it was just about This year, I think 2022 is going to be the last year where everybody is obsessed with sandbag toss. Because that that turned into the new hotness and I'm trying to remember what pro show it was where they did something like interesting with the bag toss and then everybody wanted to have one in their show. Every show this year has had some kind of a bag toss.
1: I'm I'm trying to think. I almost want to say it was did Clash have a bag toss?
0: Well, the the, the 105 show was supposed to have a keg toss on the beach. And I remember I be- that I believe the they ended up changing that to a finger's finger. Um and that was just for the preliminaries. But I think it was it was World's Strongest Man, I want to say, what, two years ago, when Brian was going for that max height sandbag over a bar. Yes. The second they announced that event, I swear, every single comp started having some kind of a bag toss. And multiples started doing max height, too, I saw. Um, in the southeast, anyway. Not, not here in Florida, but in the southeast, I saw a few. And it was just like... Guys, you know, just because they're doing something doesn't mean we all have to do it too. You you get that, right? And
1: also it's harder, especially, I mean, people have to buy the throwing bags more often than not. And it's a lot because you've got to do, you know, three, four or five bags in a row. That's at least five bags that you're having, people are having to find to train with.
0: Yeah, you know, and and. I'm a I'm an old school strongman fan anyway, so I'm I'm of the idea of like less rules are better. So when we talk about it like a five sandbag run, I've never understood, and nobody's ever really been
1: able to explain to me why do they have to start with the lightest bag and then go to the heaviest bag? I I don't know I don't know honestly. I would like to see somebody start like go ahead and fire off with the sixty pound bag first.
0: Right because what does it matter if that strategy works better for him it worked better for him and i'll give you an example of strategy where less rules made it more interesting for everybody and that was at the u90 class show you had nick o'hare trailing cj pierce uh in points at that show and they were doing the sandbag carry medley now Clash said, we don't care how you pick up these bags. We don't care what you do. You want to shoulder it, shoulder it. You want to pick up the heaviest one first, do it. We don't care. So Nick opted to shoulder the bags and CJ was just front carrying them as used to be the rules all the time that you had to carry them that way. And what ended up happening is Nick actually ended up winning that event because the shouldering technique took him longer to do on the offset, you know, cause you got to put it on your shoulder but then when he got it to the yoke he was able to throw him over faster right so that technique worked better for him and showed that he really was the better athlete in that event that day now if they had the rule where he could only front carry it odds are cj probably would have won that event and then it's like yeah but nick might have actually been better
1: right and that's one of the things that people fail to realize and that's why like to bring in like geared powerlifting people shit on geared powerlifting a lot, but part of athleticism is developing your technique as well, because that's a big part of executing whatever sport you're performing in.
0: Right. You know, and, and, you know, gear is an interesting question in, in strongman, especially Um, I will say, generally, I'm not a fan of deadlift suits for max effort deadlifts um just because it adds an unquantifiable amount of help to every single person some people only get 5 pounds out of it some people only get 10 some people get hundreds of pounds out of it um now for rep events i don't care do whatever you want to do cuz if the suit if you really think that suit helped that guy get three more reps all right bro then wear a <laughs> suit too you know what i mean yeah, like yeah I guarantee you it made it harder for him to breathe anyway. So I'm not sure what you're trying to argue here. But my gripe when it comes to geared powerlifting is when you've got somebody who puts up like a clickbait video and I won't name names, Scott Mendelson, they put up a video and they're like 50 year old benches, 580 pounds, but he doesn't mention that it's to a board and he doesn't mention that he's wearing a bench shirt. And it's like, well, Scott, those things matter you need yes. to say those things because the uninformed person goes wow a 50 year old benching that much that's crazy and i'm not taking anything away from him that is still a stupid amount for really anybody to do even with a shirt right but you need to quantify that because what can you do without that shirt and he even said it in some of the replies to the comments were basically well i can't even do anything over like 225 without a shirt well then then you're not li- you're, you're lying is i mean, you you're, do you, I mean, you just admitted it, that shirt adds 300 pounds yeah. to your bench press.
1: That's like, one of the things that got brought to light a lot in like the West Side documentary. And then the following interviews that uh, Dave Tate did on his Table Talk podcast where he was talking about um, 531 guy. Um, oh, uh, Brian Carroll. No. no. Oh, 531. Um, Damn. He's like one of my favorite power lifters. Anyway, wow. yeah, I can't remember you know, his name. You know who I'm talking about. And if I saw, uh, I can see his face. Yeah, because he's into like black metal, he drums and everything. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so you know who I'm talking about. Uh, him and Brian uh, Tate were talking about how they were racing to like a certain bench amount. He went and trained the bench shirt, the, the 531 guy, um, trained the bench shirt at another gym for a little bit. And boom, he had like a 600- Pound bench or whatever it was. Yeah. But his raw bench was still like something like 315, 405, maybe. Yeah. You
0: know, it's it's and that's that's the main reason. I, and I've I remember the uh controversy in strongman for I don't know, a couple months there. You know, controversy always comes in quotes in this sport, right? Um but it was with belt cleans. Mm. And and for me it was one of the funniest episodes in all of strongman, just because my whole thing was like who gives a shit like if if the belt helps this athlete clean faster or better i I don't care and you know some people that were against it use the argument of straps and i said hey i'm actually with you in some regard there but here's the thing usually we have a deadlift event where we are testing your max deadlift and then we have some sort of grip related event like a farmer's carry or frame carry that actually tests your grip so i'm you know i can see that when we're talking about a strictly deadlift only event yeah you you could probably make the argument that hell no that guy could not pull x amount without the strap sure but i mean do you really think this person couldn't if you set up a rack they couldn't press that amount of weight you know what i mean like yeah why
1: why do we care how much somebody can clean so uh a couple. Uh, so I agree. Yeah. Um, so I, I, uh, my coach, uh, is Anthony Pernice and, um, I think I know that name. he held the world record in the silver dollar for, I don't know how long. But, oh yeah. I know who that is.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. There was a big deal with that one with Novakov as well. I remember, uh, <laughs> so, I remember. controversy, um, right? Controversy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's, I found him at beast. And when he started being my coach, that's one of the things that I realized that, Grip for the deadlift does not necessarily matter as far as competition goes because you do always have grip events. He had me start out with rack pulls. I said, "Do I need to wear my straps. He said, yes, I will train your grip separately. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the belt cleans and people getting so worked up about that, I mean, none of us are making money off of it you know, off of our actual competitions. There's, there's guys like you who do Atlas stones and then, you know, Anthony Furman is with clash and all that stuff. So yes, they're making money there, but the actual athletes, a lot of times they're not getting paid, you know? Mm -hmm. So who cares how much someone is belt cleaning because you've still got to have that lower back stability. It's still going to pull down on your, on your belt. Like you're going to pinch your stomach. That hurts too. Like (laughs) it's, Well, that's, you know, I'm, I'm, again, been in the sport for a
0: while, and and it's it, to me it doesn't seem like a long time, but then I remember I was on a show uh, earlier this year, actually, and uh, I was the only 175er there, and I was doing the same weights as the heavyweight novice men, and it was a weird experience because I was already, I was stronger than all of them, which in my head, I was like, thank God I'm beating them in everything. Okay. <laughs> like at this point I should be able to, even though some of these guys outweigh me by like 150 pounds, I should be able to beat all of them at everything. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I'm not trying to dog them or anything, but it was just, it, it was literally just experience that was winning me favor because they didn't know how to lift an Atlas stone. I did. Yes. They didn't know how to pick farmers. My God, I have a national record in the event. You know what I mean? Like they didn't know how to deadlift a car. I've already done that event a couple times. That's, a, tri- I mean? That's a
1: tricky event too.
0: I, and I, remember, I love that promoter and I love that show, but I remember telling the promoter afterward, hey, how about next year? We don't do this strap in on your own time bullshit because it's stupid. Because who cares how fast I can strap in? Right i don't understand that at all and i use i use exclusively olympic style straps uh expressly for the purpose that i've never passed out on a deadlift but holy shit if i do i am not going to get dragged down with that bar and get knocked out even harder you yeah, know what i mean
1: when man when i competed at beast in 2021 2021 uh I had always heard the reason that promoters will say no figure eights on an axle deadlift is because you'll pass out and roll forward, you know? So I trained with S straps for the entire, like the entire training cycle for that. And I get to the event and these guys are like, yes, figure eight deadlifts, you know, deadlift straps are okay. And I'm like, uh, Oh, okay. Well, that would have been kind of nice to know. And everyone's like, "Well, do you want to borrow my figurines?" So I'm like, "No, I already trade with S straps." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And then
0: I, uh, I have a dream to do the Denny Stones someday, mm. which, which I have actually picked Denny weight, like the total. What is it, seven hundred fifteen or seven hundred twenty pounds is the total weight of both of them, or something like that. It's a lot. It was I've I've actually broken that weight from the ground on denny rings, um, but it was equal weight, so it was like 320 in each hand. Yeah. And it does make a difference, but that's that's actually the only reason I still train hook grip, is because at some point I'd like to go do the rings, and
1: even as good as my grip is, I'm like, Yeah, I'm still gonna hook grip that because fuck that those yeah. rings hurt. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I told my wife, I was like, Hey, when I turn like 30, 35, something like that. I, I want to go to like Scotland or Iceland. I want to go lift manhood stones. Like, yes, yes. That's, my, 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 that's one of my dreams.
0: My wife and I actually have that because she's she's super supportive, ironically. So um, there's a there's an old adage that I love. Um, the cobbler's wife has no
1: shoes. You ever hear that? I, I, something behind every great man is an even greater woman type of deal.
0: Well, the idea is that uh, the mechanics car is always broken
1: yes yeah
0: because i do this thing at work all day i'm not going to come home and make my wife shoes right so the cobbler's wife has no shoes the atlas stone maker's wife hates stones (laughs) it's it's legitimately one of the only reasons she doesn't want to compete in strongman is because she does not like stones and i'm like (laughs) well dear i've got really bad news for you like (laughs) you married the wrong guy okay like
1: That's that's fun. The reason my wife wanted to compete was because of the Atlas stones, you know, and that's that's that's
0: what got me into the sport period was it was 2012 just shortly after I graduated high school. Um, I was living in a. Actually, an apartment that's about the size of the room I'm sitting in, I mean, you could you could piss to the toilet from the bed. And if I saw a rat come in, I'd be like, well, where are you going to sleep, man? Like, there's just no room, you know, like, and, and I'm sitting in there and I, I had been working out up to that point, you know, I'm 18 at this time and I'd been like working out from the time I was 15 and then life happens. Right. And I'm living on my own. I haven't really worked out even in years, it made, like two or three years. And I just start browsing YouTube and I actually stumbled across Elliot Hulse of all people. Yep. And which everybody might remember right around 2012, 2013, that's when he really found that groove and started to really shoot up in, uh, in YouTube popularity. Yeah. Um, and I, I bought into his shtick hook, line and sinker, just like a most young men did and still do. Um, he's, he's got some good stuff out there. You know, it's, it's like anybody. I always tell people, um, one thing you learn in life is is idol worship is never a good thing, right? Right. And you can't expect something, somebody, every single word somebody says to be something you're going to agree with, and that's okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, fast forward to now, I'm 29. You know, we're 10 years from this time, and I actually have Elliot Hulse's phone number. I've been to a barbecue at his house, like. We're friends. It's weird. Right. But you go back in time, back to 18-year-old me, and I'm watching YouTube, and I see Elliot Hulse. No idea he's in St. Petersburg, Florida, you know, just two hours from me. I, I know nothing about Strongman other than what I've seen on TV the couple times I saw World's Strongest Man reruns while house-sitting somebody who had cable and seeing Brian Shaw and going, holy shit. And, and I see Elliot Hulse picking up this giant rock and I just see it. And I remember saying to myself, I may even said it out loud, holy shit, that is the manliest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I want to do that. And I start looking around. And at the time, this is 2012. There's nothing. There's no resources online for anything, you know, strongman related. And I'm like, well, how do I how do I find one of these stones to lift? No gyms around nothing. And so I make my own. Well, first I look at the molds and this, that's an even funnier lead in too. I, I look at the molds and obviously Slater's the only one around at the time. And I'm like, well, God damn, a mold is like 150 bucks, you know? I'm like, yeah, I could make a bunch of stones with it, but I'm a DIY guy. You know, I'm going to just make this happen. And I did the old, uh, cover, uh, uh, like a, a, what do you call the Swiss balls or whatever? The, the big puff up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Double, whatever the hell. Oh, the, like, called. like a yoga ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Covered one of those with uh, plaster of Paris and poured concrete down into it after I took the ball out, right? And that is probably the ugliest 173 pound stone you will ever see in your life. It's very clear that the person who made it had no idea what they were doing. And I remember I broke that thing out of the mold and I hated it so much. And I just said, I'm going to be the best in the world at this someday because this is fucking embarrassing. And uh, I still have that stone sitting in my backyard Um, and cut to years later. And I've done the stones for the clash finals and the stone for
1: world's strongest man, OSG. So that was a a perfect segue, which first of all, as I'm, I'm also, um, it's, it's almost embarrassing to say it to you. I'm a stone maker myself. I, (laughs) I do me, as long
0: as Steve Slater is alive, we all suck. <laughs> That's
1: very true. I, okay. I, I want to try out his patching technique one day with the wet t-shirt thing where you uh, yes. slide around it. And, and let me tell you, I
0: met Steve Slater briefly in 2019 at World's Strongest Man when it was here in Bradenton. And it was serendipity. I happened to be wearing the Slater's Hardware t-shirt that he sent me when I ordered my last mold to complete the set, which was a 24-inch mold. Um, and we had an awesome hour and a half, two hour talk. And I remember talking to him back in 2019 and saying, I have tried several different things and nothing else works as good as that wet t-shirt period. You can't use a towel. You can't use painters, uh, rags. You can't use mechanics rags. I come from mechanics. Can't use that. The only thing that works is a wet t-shirt. It's, it's the weirdest thing. It's got to be something having to do with the thinness of the fibers. The cotton weave, I don't know because synthetic shirts don't work. You got to use an old cotton t-shirt. Like a Hanes. A Hanes or you can use a blend as well, like a heather cotton. Right. One that's like 19 or 2090 or a 9010. You can use one of those too, but if you use anything,
1: even a 50/50, trust me, a fool who knows, it don't work you you see, I'm gonna fuck around and I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up patching up my 250 here soon. <laughs> but oh, yeah, uh, yeah. if you need any help on that, just yeah, shoot me a, shoot me a DM and I'll, I'll, I'll walk you
0: through some stuff if you need.
1: Absolutely, I will absolutely take you up on that offer. But yeah, so I, I, so I make stones. Uh, I got my hybrid molds before I started competing because I had stones in my first event and mm-hmm. I decided that I was going to be good at stones. I was like, I, I just, I had like, I look up to Tom Stoltman, Martins, Lissis, like mm-hmm. the, all the guys who've ever been good at stones, because I agree. It's, it's the manliest fucking thing you can do is pick up a giant fucking rock. And um you feel like a man. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Yeah, it's the only event that I will hype myself up. I'm a very cerebral lifter, but I will get yeah. out outwardly. I will you can tell I'm feeling myself after stone event. Need <laughs> the energy, man. You you need the
0: energy. It's like, you know, it's it's almost it sounds stupid because of the culture of strong man and how it's all become almost a parody. But the reality is like there is something spiritual about this. Like men before me did this same thing. Yeah, and I am honoring them by doing it today. That's why I still wear the blue rebands. Blue like, rebands. What are those? The stretchy blue shorts. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The compression shorts from the early 2000s, because those are the guys I grew up watching. And those shorts mean you're a
1: strong man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you. Yes, it's it's the shaved head thing.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I started it's, going you know,
1: bald, and I was like, perfect, an excuse to look like Brian Shaw. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. So it's, it's stones are one of those things. So you got some hybrid molds. Tell me more.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to look up ways to not get them to look like shit when I cracked open the molds. So that's why I started, I started doing like I'd pour water on the stone and I'd grind down that seam and I Mm. ended up getting pretty good at that. But I, so uh, full disclosure, I didn't know about you until Ethan O'Dell, uh, one of my buddies, uh, up in kentucky uh
0: oh yeah 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 I don't yeah think. he yeah, said yeah. he
1: said you helped him with his with his stones recently i had posted on instagram i said hey i need a scientist for the podcast I need something i want something <laughs> new and he was like hey this guy's not a scientist uh but he made the stones for osg and i said perfect and i looked at your instagram i said yes this guy is a scientist that you absolutely got it. Right. And I've been showing everybody. I'm like, look at the, and, and non-strong mans don't appreciate it. I'm like, right. look at, I'm like, look at my stones now. Now look at this guy's stones. They're perfect. I was like, do you see how smooth that is? They're like, yeah, great. It's a ball of concrete. <laughs> and I'm like, Sweet. it's a perfect ball of concrete. Like <laughs> nice balls, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, just to nerd out for a minute on the, on the, on the realm of uh, stones, I, your stones are amazing and uh, thank you. yeah, it's better than I deserve. <laughs> so when you when you go into a stone, I mean, what is, what is your technique? I, I've purposely not watched a lot of your videos for the purpose of this interview, except for your one on displacement because I learned that formula a long time ago.
0: Yeah, and uh, that that Displacement series, anybody who watches this, I encourage you to go check that out because I started it out by basically, my thought process was, I'm going to give away most of my secrets, but you fuckers are still going to have to do a little bit of the work just like I did, okay? Right. Like, I will show you the light, but I'm not going to give you the formula that I use to determine weights and, and measures because fuck you, I had to go through a lot to get that. But I'll give you every step of the way to get it there. And if you're willing to take it that extra little step, then you'll have it yourself. But if you're too lazy to do that, that's your problem. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I, do, I, I do believe in just a slight little bit of gatekeeping in just about everything. A sort of, you need to have skin in the game for me to, 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 to appreciate you. Um, if something is free, it literally has no value. So, yes making you work just a little bit will always be in my repertoire. So, so with all that said, I just finished up that displacement series. I think I ended up doing about, I mean, it's 15 second videos, right? Cause it's Instagram. Right. I think it ended up being something like 12 videos total. And the last one I just released on Friday was proving the very first statement that I made, which was, This idea that if you add 25 pounds of lead to a stone, it'll add 25 pounds to to the stone total. No, you're fucking stupid. That's not how any of this works. (laughs) And this this final video was me using the math with all the things I just taught you on how to calculate displacement, how to calculate volume, how to calculate densities, putting all this together and proving that if you put 25 pounds of lead in an 18-inch mold, it will only increase the weight by 21 pounds because of the amount of displacement that the lead produces or right. has, however you want to say that. Um, so the next question then becomes, well, how much lead do I need to put 25 pounds in? And the, the answer to that question is I'm not going to tell you that. Yeah. Go figure that up, that part out. I just told you how to screw it up, which means the way to do it right is the opposite. So you figure that right. out. And I have no problem telling anybody figure it out. It's not that hard. If I can figure it out, you can figure it out. Trust me, because I am not—I am nothing special when it comes to math. I just refuse to quit. That's just all that was, honestly.
1: It's—it's also, and I'm not—I'm not good at math either. But there is a simplicity to finding the volume of a three-dimensional object and then figuring out what the density of concrete is, and the. Yes, it's just one step at a time. <laughs> yes, it, one step at a time. I uh, uh, uh,
0: and now, you're not going to get it
1: right every time. No, no. Even no, if no, you no, think no. you know the formula, and you're like, "Yes, I know exactly what I'm doing," you're going to get it
0: wrong. And and this is the next set of videos I'm putting out this week. A little sneak preview. Um, <laughs> I'm. They're just talkies where I'm explaining that you can only control what you can control. Do your density tests on the concrete you're using, just like I did, to figure out the density of them, right? Using your your, uh, graduated cylinders and yada yada, right? Come up with a number and stick with that number for at least six months. Never let that number change. Stick with the amount of water you're using per per 80-pound bags, you know what I mean, or 50-pound bags, whatever it is. Never let that change because... The variable you cannot control is if that mold is actually 18.1 inch or 17.9 inch. Right. And that's going to screw up your calculation exponentially every time. But keep that the same every time. Because if you start changing it, then you have no control anymore. And that's science. That's the part of science I understand is figuring out. Having a control every single time.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so you have to have it, uh, as many controlled variables as you can to produce exactly. the exact result you want. So
0: you just stay consistent with your numbers. Be a stubborn dick about it if you have to. But when you when you pour a mold, and and this is actually a, 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 speaking of Nick O'Hare, he had reached out and said, "Hey, I'm trying to make a stone that's similar to the one of the ones you made for OSG." Which what's unique about the OSG stones, not just their style and their look, but when I first started working with Lynn on that, and I will get back to your question, I promise. Um, (laughs) When I started working with Lynn on those, him and I had very similar ideologies when it came to strongman. The average human being doesn't give a shit about weight once you get past 100 pounds. They can't even conceive it. They don't understand what 500 pounds feels like. They don't get it.
1: I'll say, unless they've picked it up.
0: The average person, your mom, she doesn't care. She doesn't know. She doesn't get it. Right. So it doesn't matter if the stone, quote unquote, only weighs 250 pounds. But if that stone is 20 inches and it weighs 250 pounds, it looks heavy. And that's what's important in Strongman that it looks heavy, that it looks cool the weights are more for the competitors, not for the spectators. Right. And I really cut my teeth on creating the formula for reducing the weight of stones without using foam inserts. And that's my business. But if you DM me, I'll tell you Um, how that's done. But I, I was not a fan of foam inserts because number one, they damage your molds. You have to put a hole in the bottom of your mold to use them because you have to hang it from there as it floats up. And the other part is... It damages the bottom of your mold? Right. So foam is mostly air. Right. Air floats in water, and concrete is mostly water. Yes. So it would just float up if you just put it in there and let it free hang. So you have to tie string to
1: it and tie that to the bottom. Right. Oh, you have to tie it to the bottom. See, I've never done that. I thought, okay, I'll just hang it from my yoke. I would have figured that one out the hard way from a fool who knows right (laughs) Uh, i made one
0: and didn't i I was smart enough to know well things gonna float but i didn't think why don't i just put a small screw or bolt to the bottom of the mold and do it that way well sometimes you'll see stones that have been weight reduced and you'll see them have this weird kind of it looks like that on the bottom and what happened was the bolt pulled the mold up because the, the, the force from the foam floating pulls the mold up. and Oh, man. And it's like, well, how the hell do you avoid that? Like, there's nothing you can do other than maybe tie a string to the bolt to the ground after that. But holy shit, I got to do all this? And I said, there's got to be an easier way. And I will reveal one little secret. I, I went on some forums and I saw a thing about uh, Maximizer Concrete. And it's this concrete made by a uh, sacrete, and it's uh, 67-ish percent lighter than regular concrete is. And one guy said the stupid thing where he said, Yeah, just change the weight that you want to change with the MACTEMIDER, and just I assume that's what he sounds like because I was reading what he was saying. Um, and I'm just assuming he had some sort of mental defects because holy shit, how can you be that st- stupid? Um but that's not how you do it. It's 60% right. lighter. So you have to do math to figure out how much is it going to displace just like the <laughs> fucking lead. This is like, I'm not a smart man. And I don't understand how people say these things with straight faces and nobody calls them out on it. Like, you know, these these are gripes that I have in like stone making forums. And the reason why I usually just stay out of them because some of the shit I see is just like, I, I have a YouTube channel That I started in like 2013 and I release a video every Friday night, which is just a weekly update just for me. And I stated that in the very first update, I'm doing this as a weekly journal just for myself. But I kind of got a bug up my ass and wanted to do some other videos. So I've done some stone making videos before. I need to redo all of them because years later, I have completely different ideas on how all of it's done now. Right. But that's good. Right. You're supposed to do that. Uh, 100%. But one video I have up there that I'm very proud of was there was this controversial thing going on in the the strongman community, specifically stone making as it pertained to concrete vibrators and whether or not the use of concrete vibrators was a problem or not. Now I personally had been using concrete vibrators for about four years and producing some pretty good stones or so I thought with them. What are concrete
1: vibrators?
0: So a concrete vibrator is a, is an industrial tool that's used in, uh, mostly in, uh, flat layman, like doing, uh, uh, not pavements, but, uh, foundations and things like that. Okay. And basically what it does is it does exactly what it sounds like it, you entrench the tip of it into the concrete, you pull the trigger and it vibrates the tip and that vibration settles the concrete
1: knocks out the air bubbles.
0: Right. That makes sense. Exactly. So I did a video because I was curious. You know, everything the guy said didn't make a lot of sense. He said that the... At first, he said that it would add air to it. I was like, that doesn't make a lot of sense since I thought the purpose of it was to knock the air out. Right. And then he said that it would cause the aggregate to settle at the bottom of the stone. And for those who don't know, pet peeve of mine as a mason, cement... Is an ingredient in concrete. Concrete requires three components: sand, stone called aggregate, often called aggregate, and cement. That's how you make concrete. Right. If it's just sand and cement, it can be called cement. Sometimes it it can just be uh, uh what do they call it? Um, for for bricklaying, I can't remember the name right now. Uh, uh, like, mortar. I'll like, say mortar. Mortar, you know things like that. Uh, stucco. Sure enough, you can call all those uh, cement. I don't have a problem with it. But if it's got stones in it or some form of aggregate, you better call it concrete. Anyway, so he says this statement. And I have this video up on my YouTube channel. And it's all, um, uh, what's the word, Uh, bookmarked. Uh, So if you're just like, you don't give a shit about me talking. Because it's a pretty long video, but I went super in-depth. And I, I enjoy science. And I, I don't want to say I'm good at it, but I like the idea of being good at it. So I kind of keep experimenting. Fake it so you make it. A hundred percent, right? So welcome to my strongman career. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I did this experiment where I wanted to see if a concrete vibrator actually would, would cause more harm than good. And so what I did was I did what you should always do when you do science and when you're doing an experiment, research first looked if anybody else had done this experiment there was a, a one paper i found in africa uh where he had done a similar experiment and basically his results were as long as you use the concrete vibrator properly no it won't cause any trouble so then i said okay well what's the purpose of it right and i look up the definition of it and i go to several different companies and what, what do they say the things for exactly what you said settling it and getting the air out right um well, what would be the problem with over vibrating how often are you supposed to use it? how long should you use it for right and basically all of them say like 10 to 30 seconds you're just trying to shake it down and then move on you know you're supposed to just keep it moving down the line as you're pouring a slab essentially or a column either way and i said well you know you got to find out well what could be the problem with over vibration the only piece of literature i could find anywhere. Uh, of damaging effects was if you live somewhere where it freezes um and basically you want a little bit of air still in the concrete for when it frost happens or else when it contracts because of the cold it has nowhere to contract we're talking micro contractions and micro pockets of air but that can cause problems because it'll cause it to crack all over because there's no air pockets for it to contract into And so I said, neat, that's all cool. I'll do an experiment. So I did this whole thing where I said, all right, here's a, took one batch of concrete, mixed it all up. So they all have the same amount of water content, all that kind of stuff, right? They were all made at the same time. I got two buckets with no vibration, two that have been hand tamped where I literally just tapped each side, two that were tapped with a hammer 50 times on each, each side, which is about what you would do with a stone and a rubber mallet, right? one that was 30 seconds of vibration which would be considered normal one that was a minute of vibration which would be considered a little over normal but probably still all right and then one that was vibrated for five minutes which you would never ever vibrate anything for that long but i I wanted to prove the point right what happens if you vibrate concrete for five minutes and what i found was actually When you vibrate it for about 30 seconds, that is the sweet spot. You have an almost equal amount of aggregate on the top and the bottom of the slab. And when you go to five minutes, you do actually get about a 80 20 split something along those lines, like a significant portion sank below the midline. And I was like, wow, that's actually super interesting. You're still fucking wrong, but that's super interesting. And I just proved it in a way. Um, so, you know, that's 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 kind of shit I'm into. Um, so you want to talk about nerding out with stones. And your original question was now that we're getting back to it, see, I didn't forget, I'm good at this. <laughs> your original question was walk you through setting up a stone and getting this thing made, right? Right. What size are you doing? Is question one. Not even weight, what size? So anything. <laughs> And what mold are you using? Are you using a Slater mold or a hybrid mold? So if you're using a Slater mold, anything that is 16 inch or less, feel free to throw that in a tire. Most tires you're going to come across or at least a 15 inch rim, give or take. And it won't leave an ugly ring on your stone when it's all said and done. When you go to an 18 inch stone, you'll get this ring, ask me how I know, on the bottom of your stone from the weight of it forcing the mold to essentially buckle in on itself pros and cons of slater versus hybrid molds right so if you're going 18 or more put it in sand uh you can buy i would say the cheapest sand but a lot of time the cheapest sand is paver sand and (laughs) paver sand is made of these tiny little uh it's three different grades of sand sizes of sand and they do that so when you wet it it interlocks because when you're laying down pavers that's what you want well what happens is if it rains when the stones are outside and you've got this paver sand with a stone mold in it you end up with this essentially giant chunk of 380 pounds of 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 Wet sand that is also hard as a rock and a stone that you now have to figure out how to roll this bitch out of. So, pro tip: just buy the play sand. It's really not that much more expensive. You're talking like a dollar more a bag. Don't be a cheap bitch. Just do it. Trust me.
1: That's what you got to use Um, for all of strongman stuff is play sand.
0: Just play sand. If you want to be a real cheap bitch, go to the beach. If you live near one, I didn't say that. You didn't hear from me. (laughs) But the sand there is free. Um, You know, if you don't get caught, it's not illegal, right? So
1: that's God's sand it's yeah, for everybody
0: <laughs> i mean look i've been a homeowner for like seven years i think at some point my tax dollars like have gone towards the beach so 100 percent. i mean you know i feel like i'm entitled to maybe 50 pounds at least and just maybe just give me a taste <laughs> at it you know actually it's funny here in florida you know when they do the hurricanes they give out free sandbags and uh what was the one that just happened to ian or whatever the hell it was
1: i, I think so
0: I don't know. It was so funny. I had this trip planned. I was going up to North Carolina to visit Jesse Niebuhr and uh, Lynn Morehouse and refurbish the Stones for OSG and had it plan for like two months. And wouldn't you know it? the week I'm leaving is the week Ian's coming in. I'm driving up as Ian's coming up behind me. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, that sucks. <laughs> Go figure. I'm getting text updates and calls from the wife. She's like, yeah, it's just raining a lot. You know, not a lot of anything, really. We end up losing power up there in North Carolina. Like, it's raining cats and dogs. We're getting, like, hurricane winds and shit. And I'm like, I thought I got away.
1: (laughs) No, you brought it with you.
0: (laughs) Bro, I did. I was like, Florida man is here, baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so 18 inch or more, put that bitch in sand. Um, And if you... how do I put this? If you, if you don't want to go through all that stuff to do it, like, let's say you're just making a set for you at home, put the bitch in a tire. We're, we're, I am describing how to make professional level stones, stones that you would be proud to charge somebody 70 cents or more a pound for, you know what I mean? Put it in sand because you need that smooth roundness. Like you said, that's, that's the goal, right? Um, now if you're using hybrid molds, a little tip trick out there for you, um, when you're assembling them, because those assemble zip ties, right? Yes. When you're assembling them, um, start on one spot, make that zip tie as tight as possible. Then go to the complete opposite side, put that zip tie on as tight as you can. Then go to the caddy quarter, right? The the would that be 90 degrees, right? Yes. The one that's right 90 degrees to it, put that one as tight as possible. Then the opposite side of that one, that one as tight as possible. All the other ones, leave them loose. Make sure it still closes the two ends, but don't torque them down real tight. And the reason is, when you go to extract that stone now, you're going to have extra material that bled out from the center that you can now grind down and make sure you have a really nice seam. Rather than having pits in that seam spot where aggregate couldn't get into or where concrete uh, wet cementious material couldn't make it into uh you now have a seam to grind down which will allow you to get a much smoother stone at the end of the day instead
1: of having something to fill in which could be less strong i'm really glad you said that because i i do that first part torque it down on the yeah. like 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 a tire and yeah. that's exactly what i was thinking about like all right i'm gonna go opposite side but then i would also do that with every other one so on my next one i try on I'm going to, cause I, I sell all the ones that I don't keep for myself. So,
0: right. And, and the thing is, um, we're, 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 how do I put this? Those four are to actually keep it in place right there to make sure you don't end up with like a weird Easter egg looking thing. Right. Right. After that, the other ones are just there to kind of help keep pressure as you pack the concrete in. Right. Right. They don't need to be super tight. They just need to make sure the lid doesn't pop off this thing as you're pushing stuff into it. And when you allow that bleed through to happen, again, it gives you that nice edge. You can then grind down. So you have less to patch and fill. And it also makes sure there's no voids, which is the enemy of concrete, right? That's how we get cracks. That's why I'm anti foam centers because that's a void. Um, so that's hybrid mold setups, pro tips for the, uh slater style molds for the setup for those we're going to use duct tape i found a brand at a brand at lowe's and the only reason i shop at lowe's i'm not giving them a shout at all honestly i fucking hate the one that's right by my house and they, i walk into that store and i'm literally one swan ron swanson where i'm just like no my last name is ramirez it's juan swanson and i'm just like i know more than you okay right like i have never had a good interaction with a employee there before i'm like do you even work here i know where shit is more than you do i remember i was looking for sponges but not kitchen sponges i wanted essentially grout sponges
1: yeah like one of the big orange ones
0: exactly and i said i know you sell these in like five packs because i bought them before but you don't have them where you used to where would they be and the guy goes oh i'm not even sure if we still sell those and i was like do you still sell fucking tile? Do you still sell grout? Then you sell the sponges for grouting. Like, are you serious right now? And so he's like, "Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know." And I said, "Fuck it, I got it." I walked over to the tile section, one of the random little spots. Boom! Wouldn't you know it? They had the five pack of sponges I was looking for. I was like, "Man, this is why I don't have like Superman powers because I'd have
1: just right there, man." Like, you kidding me, dude? So like, I, I have to for a, a positive loss <sighs> experience. I, I had one guy who knew a shit ton about water lines that I did not mm. know. So I was redoing all my toilets and I was like, Hey man, I've got this issue. What should I do? And he was like, Oh, you need this, 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 and this. And he was one of their veteran employees. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy knows exactly. I, I came back the next day and I was like, Hey man, you helped me on what I was working on. Thank you yes. so much. Yes. And he was like, yeah, no, no problem. All the other stuff. I was like, I will, I'll use YouTube. I'll figure it out. I've got this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I say that, and I had this experience a similar one uh, at that Lowe's and there was this old man. Now to set up this joke, I have watched just about every single episode of this old house that has ever aired ever back when it was on pbs when they started doing it on youtube all of it i'm obsessed with it i love that shit i find it super interesting and i'm also a homeowner so i like to know how to fix shit myself right i grew up as a handyman and a mechanic with my father so that stuff kind of stuck with me and i remember i walked in there and i was looking for what i now know is called a hasp and if you don't know what a hasp is it is just about impossible to describe, and I learned that because I tried describing what I was looking for to somebody, and the guy had basically a seizure trying to understand what I was trying to explain to him. But if you've ever been to a barn, they usually have this piece of metal that swings back and forth, and it has a little slit right here, and when the slit goes over a loop, you can put a lock through that.
1: Yes. Yep. That
0: is a hasp. Okay. Okay that's trying yep. trying to describe that to one of the employees there was I, I, I ended up just walking away and so did he like we were both frustrated at each other and i was like that's fine i'll fi- i'll find it myself but there was this one old man and i was absolutely convinced because i went in there with my wife my best friend and another person one time and he wasn't there so I was convinced my brain had just invented this old man who knew shit and was just subconsciously feeding me information from falling asleep to this old house my old <laughs> life and teaching me things because I would walk in there and be like, yeah, I'm trying to do this thing. And he would just know the answer immediately. Tell me exactly what I needed to do. And then nobody else ever saw him. And I remember I went in there and I was like, the guy's name was like Jeff or something. And I remember asking somebody like, oh yeah, it's Jeff. And they were like, dude, we don't have anybody named Jeff that works here.
1: Is Jeff here with us now?
0: Bro, bro, a (laughs) hundred percent. So I'm convinced I just invented this man who doesn't exist. And finally somebody did see him. One of my friends was like, oh, that's the guy. I'm like, yes, he's the only useful man in this entire (laughs) store. Only go to Jeff of course he retired like three months ago yeah i've I got one like, of
1: those guys too
0: he was so cool that i had a question one time and he actually sent me to an ace down the street like he was like oh no no no! you got to go to another store i was like oh no like another Lowe's." he's like no the ace over there would have what you're looking for and i was just like this man <laughs> oh. just sent me to a competitive a competing store that's how much he like cares you know what yeah I mean? Like that, give that man a raise. I'll say like, those,
1: those are the best employees. Well, like, hey, we don't have what you lo- want. Go to this place that is obviously trying to put us out of business.
0: Yeah, 100%. You know, and I was well, it is the helpful place. You know, Ace Ace is that place you go to when you're like working on like a 1970s CUDA and you need like a left-hand threaded 0.752 you know m star <laughs> bit you right. know bolt that can only be torqued down to 72 foot 0.3 foot pounds and ace has seven of them in stock you know what yeah. i mean that's what ace is for they're like you, you know you're like yeah do you have concrete they're like i mean yeah but you would probably better buy it somewhere else you know like oh but do you have this one bolt that you know on a on a 62 buick skylock you know and they're like oh yeah we totally yeah we've got seven of those yeah we can special order three more if you need to it's no problem like that's what ace is for you know so so yeah um i hate that low so much but it's a mile from my house so i'm like what can i do you know what i mean right home depot is like 20 minutes away and i'm like yeah it's just not worth the drive man um <laughs> It's just not. It's not. So I buy this duct tape from there that I like. The brand of it is called Tartan, or uh, I'm sure it's pronounced Tartan, T-A-R-T-A-N. And I like it for the opposite reasons that you're supposed to like duct tape. I like it because it's uh, one out of 10, it's about a seven stickiness. But what I really like about it is that it's very stretchy
1: which you usually don't want in a duct tape. I say that's weird. I've never heard of stretchy duct tape.
0: Right. So it it wasn't designed that way. It's just cheap shit. So it does, you know, but it's sticky. So I really like using that on Slater molds because when you pour the concrete in, it still allows the mold to expand a little bit and push out against it and really give the stone its form and its shape rather than being stuck in a pattern let's say you put a little too much tape on one side which won't happen when they tell you how to tape it up in a second year but let's just say you did right you're gonna still allow it to stretch a little bit so i really like that tape um notable uh comparative ones that i've used in the past never buy 3m duct tape they have like a base they call like ultra tough i've never left a review on a on a product in my life um I left a review on that product, and I believe it went something along these lines. Every person involved in the manufacturing, planning, producing, selling of this product should be embarrassed and should lose their jobs. I have never found a product that failed on every single one of its claims so proficiently. It didn't stick to anything. It was impossible to tear by hand. and it wasn't even that reflective it literally isn't even duct tape i don't know why they sell it and it's about three dollars more expensive than the tartan stuff that works great
1: yeah because it's 3m
0: yeah but it's only two dollars <laughs> cheaper than gorilla gorilla tape which i don't like gorilla tape because it doesn't stretch but at least the shit sticks yeah anyway so setting up a Slater mold. Um, What I've recently, and when I say recently, I mean about the last couple of years, have started doing is I used to be super laissez-faire about how much tape I used, and I had a mold pop open on me one time. And you only need that to happen once to where you become ultra paranoid about it then, right? You (laughs) overcorrect. So then I got into this habit of literally encasing the entire mold with duct tape. Like the entire thing. Right, And I justified it in my head by saying, yes, yeah, but you know, then when you spill some of the concrete on it, this is what I sound like when I'm retrospective. <laughs> when you pour some of the concrete on it, it doesn't damage the mold. As if a little bit of concrete on the outside of this fucking mold is going to, it's plastic. What do you give a shit? You know what I mean? <laughs> like what a stupid thing to care about. Right. But this is, when you're justifying stupid behavior, that's what happens, right? Um, Now the technique I use is slater molds have a rim on them that is riveted to one of the sides of the mold right one of the halves this lip is what goes over top the other one and allows the two pieces to interlock and stay uh aligned right right if you just take duct tape and you start at the opening of the mouth and run it in between the rivets all the way to the very bottom of the mold go to the opposite side and do the same thing and make sure the two pieces touch in the middle at the bottom. That's the important part here. And just do that pattern all over the stone, all over the mold, making sure there's tape in between each rivet. You have now supported the mold where it needs the support because there's no rivets there. You're allowing it to expand. But the important thing is because all those pieces are touching on the bottom, they're never going to slip apart because duct tape sticks to itself like nothing else, right? It's kind of like electrical tape in that way, where it sticks to itself way better than it sticks to anything else. Right. So then I know what you're thinking, right? Well, what about the tape on the top above the rim? Can't that slip off? Good question. I'm glad you asked (laughs) that. I then take one piece of tape and lightly run it around the rim of it. Again, duct tape sticks to itself I'll very it's well. say to hold the duct tape in place with duct tape. To make sure that the one on top doesn't slip down. So you know the bottom is never slipping out because the weight of the stone is holding that in now. Right. But the one on top could still slip off. So you just put tape around that rim, does two things, keeps the duct tape in place, but also supports that lip and that rim, that equator even more, which will allow you to get an even better spherical stone avoid those dinosaur eggs so that's setting up the two molds um i'm I'm trying to pick my words carefully are release agents necessary no you don't necessarily need to use a release product you mean Um, like silicone spray silicone spray okay. something along those lines something so you'll learn the hardware not you personally the royal you uh wd-40 is not a lubricant and it shouldn't be used as such um so when you try to use it as a mold release you find out pretty quickly it doesn't do shit because that's not what it's made for i don't it's, even know it, what brand i use it's got a yellow cap blaster and it's a green Green label with white, yes. Blaster. That is a silicone, um, silicone or lithium are the only two that really have ever worked for me personally. And I've tried several types. I've even tried a uh, a natural, uh, really thin beeswax before. Um, I just had a can laying around, as you do, Um, and I tried that, and it it worked okay. Um, Recently, I've just stopped using it altogether. Um, Any mold release agent and i've had just fine success using nothing i don't necessarily recommend it to first timers use a mold release your first hundred stones you know till you till you learn how the concrete acts till you learn how the stones act that sort of thing Um, but the, the one you're describing the blaster brand silicone is definitely my favorite uh one thing that i do recommend though is don't go too heavy on it spray a thin coat with uh, no straw in it so just a nice like just literally just just that is enough and then take a rag and wipe it in the mold you want as thin of a layer as possible of this release because if you put too thick of a layer that's how you end up getting those surface bubbles
1: that makes a lot of sense because i've put too much in there before and then it's just risen above my concrete right that's what happens because it it's the concrete can't get
0: through that because it's uh, uh, uh it's it's it doesn't absorb into it basically because it's a it's a it's a grease right it's a it's right a, it's a um uh lubricant so it won't
1: allow it to i was get saying in silicone as a solid isn't porous if i'm not mistaken so that makes sense
0: yeah uh yeah because uh, silicone is um but there's many forms of silicone, right? I mean, uh, your breast implants, you name it, right? So, it, it, but yeah, in in all of its uh, in all of its forms, it is extraordinarily slippery, and it is it is a great lubricant. Period. For industrial uses, don't don't use it for other stuff. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, to grease or not to grease—that is the question dealer's choice honestly but i do recommend um first timers just make life a little easier on yourself use a mold release but do wipe it out you want a thin layer um as for the top half of the mold the the part with the spout um you don't really have to worry about greasing that what ends up happening is as the concrete sets it shrinks down a little bit and then as it cures it'll shrink down even more we're talking millimeters if you do it right but it's enough to make it pull away from the top because that's how gravity works. I'll say the top um, is always much easier to get off. Right. Cause that's how gravity works because it shrinks down. So yeah, if, in zero G there is like, theoretically it could just, uh,
1: contract equally around and, <laughs> and then you would not ever have to worry about the bottom one either.
0: Exactly. In zero G, you know, we would have the best time in a vacuum, would be the best place to extract a mold really
1: completely completely off topic but sort of on the same topic have you seen them crack an egg in space no but i need to now it's it look it's a perfect embryo it's it's a it's a circle even though the egg forms in the egg shape you crack it it's it's perfectly spherical that yolk is right in the center almost like the nucleus of a cell like a cartoon egg yeah yeah Uh, it is it's uh, it's beautiful i don't know why i look at this clear thing with the yellow in the middle and i'm like that is amazing but it's it's beautiful to look at i don't know why I dude
0: it's you know it's uh, i've got stories (laughs) you know what i mean that's that's life right um yeah so in zero g that'd be beautiful um yes a little tip to get we'll go ahead and then we'll come back because this is a very you know straightforward explanation on everything of course. A little tip to get the bottoms of your molds off a little easier. If you heat up in the microwave about two cups of water, get it to about boiling, um, then take it out, let it cool off for a minute, slowly pour it over the top of the mold or over the mold. And that'll help. It does two things. One, it softens the plastic a little bit. um, But the other thing it does is it heats up. The thin layer of water that still exists in between the mold and the stone, and it'll help it bubble it and help pop it off its own.
1: I have done that. And because I was, I had posted in like Starting Strong Man, I was like, hey, can't get my 250, you know, bottom off. What do I do? And Lift someone, it with it on, stupid. Yes, yes. Someone was like, oh, just take a two by four and fucking send her, bud. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's, that can't be the right answer. And so someone said, you know heat up some water pour it over the top it will expand yes. the mold and i said perfect so right. i did and it i mean i now i don't even bother not doing it i just heat up the water instantly and then i go outside the hardest part now is not cracking the rim of that hybrid mold as yes. i roll it uh- over yeah, if
0: you're not doing it in sand, so I have like a sand patch where I do a lot of my extractions specifically for that reason. So I don't damage the lip that much. Uh, the easy way to get around that, though, is uh, put a two by four right under the lip when you're going to roll it over. Right. Okay. And it'll protect the lip because the lip is about an inch and a two by four is obviously one and a half inch high. So yeah. You just roll it right over that and protect the lip. You're well perfect. Yes. Um, <laughs> a fool who knows, right? um yeah jeff walling he's a he's a really good stone maker out in i want to see either oregon or washington he's on the west coast um he runs zoe's dojo the instagram page i have not heard Uh, of that but i will check it out uh j j underscore walling he's a really good stone maker out there really cool dude real fun guy um he's supposed to be coming down soon he's got a brother who lives out here i'm like good let's hang out um we can geek out over stones and uh Um, He's the one who uh, we were having a discussion about the hybrid molds and him and I have both. So I own every single Slater mold that exists. I have only had to replace one of them, which was the very first 16 inch mold. That was the first mold from Slater I ever bought. And I just really uh, replaced it, I think two years ago. So I had it and used it for about six years with no problems. Couldn't tell you how many stones I did with the thing. I have replaced five hybrid molds this year alone. Holy shit.
1: Because that lip does not survive a sneeze. Right. It, yeah. Mine are and cracked right now, and I'm, I'm holding out until they literally fall apart.
0: That's what you've got to do. The other thing you can do is what I've started doing is putting tape on the inside, uh, like packing tape. And then just like cutting it so I can then fold it onto the lip. You know what I mean? I, I right. can send you a picture so you see what it looks like. I, I did that with my 250 because I'm like, God damn it. I've already bought five fucking molds this year. I cannot afford to buy another fuck. I mean, my 12 my twelve inch mold just shit the bed this week. Like I, I the, five stones with the thing. You know what the, I mean? The, like, 12, the 12 is the 175, right? The 12 inch is the 70 pound.
1: What's no the 14 is the 175 14 16 would be one 16 would no. be 175 yeah 16 because the 250 is 18 so right my my 16 for some reason is a fucking powerhouse but that leaks the worst the 250 yeah. doesn't leak as bad yeah yeah um
0: the other thing I have noticed is because I, I had to replace my 300 because that one just shit the bed. And I was like, wonderful, the most expensive one. Yay. <laughs> um, I did notice that Hybrid has started uh, making possibly some minor adjustments to their uh, molds that make the molds. Um, I was in injection molding for 10 years. Um, from the time I was 18 till I was actually I was about 28, I was in injection molding. Which if you don't know what it is, it's super interesting stuff. It's just plastics. So I understand how they make these things. Right. Um, I noticed on my new 300 mold, the lip is a lot smoother. It's not as, some of the molds I have are so old, they don't even have the numbers printed on them.
1: Yeah, I noticed they only started doing that recently in the past couple of years. Yeah, that's like their fourth generation. They started doing that,
0: something along those lines. So I still have some that don't have any numbers on them. And the lip on those is like a perfect, like that. The the new 300 I have, the lip is a little more curved. And I'm like, I wonder if they're doing that to try to counteract that, that easy break lip like, because enough people are complaining about it. I was going to say, give it a little bit of flex. You know, flex, yeah. I mean, that's probably it. That and for me, I can get a chisel under there a lot easier to kind of wedge it up. Without damaging it,
1: Uh, what I've so I'm sure you've tried every iteration, but I use a um, there's a pry bar I was using to do my flooring a while back, yeah, and and I've I've jammed it in there with the with the rubber mallet, and I kind of go around the entire side, and then that's when that top just pops right off.
0: Same, Uh, I have a masonry chisel. That's the only reason I use one because I do other masonry stuff too. I'm not just a stone maker like I do. I do sidewalks and fucking patios you fucking name it i do all that shit too so i have like masonry tools so i had uh, like a big blue chisel and i was like well i can just put that under there and tap 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 with my four pound hammer and just well two pound whatever that thing weighs and just boom open it up that way so yeah any kind of metal chisel like that'll work i would recommend beginners maybe invest in like a plastic chisel set you know they're about i think they're like 15 bucks at the most but usually comes with like four of them use that first because odds are you don't have the the same amount of tools that i have i can beat the shit out of these stones and still make them look as good as you want them to look at the end of the day you know what i mean right because i've got all the tools and the knowledge and everything but it's your first time Try to be as gentle as you can to the thing you know what i mean and, and so maybe get some plastic chisel set and use that to sort of wedge under and you know but always do the hot water trick Um, That one's great. I've also found taking the bottom off first on hybrid molds is definitely a key to longer-lasting hybrid molds. Okay. I used to basically split it, and every time you would split it, right, the top would come off nice and easy because, again, it's separated already. Well, then I'm stuck with this top that won't do anything, and I've got nothing to wedge against. So what I started doing is putting the top on the ground. Then I have the bottom on top. Now I can wedge slightly against the top of the mold, which gives me just that little bit extra pressure to help pop it open. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That was like, God, I just learned that like three months ago, dude. Like, again, talking to Jeff Walling, and I was like, I'm going to try taking the bottoms off first. And he was like, report back. And that I did. And I was like, do it. And I'm telling <laughs> you, do it. It's that's this is this is optimal uh yeah so let's see we've gone forward to extraction let's go back we were talking about to grease or not to grease dealer's choice but i do recommend it for beginners um the concrete making process and 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 i should say concrete mixing process i i put up a video where i said my number one tip for one-time atlas stone makers is to just buy the 50 pound bags of concrete got a little uh confusion from some people one guy was like what the fuck are people buying and one guy was like i buy the 80 pound bags and i'm fine and i'm like dude you're six foot eight shut the fuck up nobody cares about your opinion okay you have to go to the big and tall store you don't get to talk to me okay um but buy the 50 pound bags if you're just doing one or two stones because mixing up 160 pounds of dry material means when you're done adding the water you're gonna need means you're gonna be hand mixing about 170 pounds, maybe even more. Dude. Usually it's more like 174 pounds of dry material. of material, And it's really hard to mix all that around with a shovel or even a masonry hoe, which if you're gonna use a hoe, do buy a masonry hoe. It is a different tool and it does work better for mixing concrete. I mixed concrete by hand for about five years into, into will development. Um, And then I bought a mixer. I paid my dues. I earned my stripes. I'll use a mixer all day now. Um, But think about that. The difference between hand mixing 170 plus pounds of material in either a wheelbarrow or uh, one of those black bins you buy versus 250 pound bags. And you'll end up using uh, maybe mixing by hand 110 pounds of material you're going to get a much more consistent mix. You're going to have a much easier mix. And the time you're going to save doing the 80-pound bags, it's not going to change anything. Most concrete takes at minimum, and I'm talking store-bought concrete that you can find any day of the week, minimum two hours to set, which means you have two hours from the time the water hits your first batch you mix to put the very next batch on top of that. And once you put that second batch, the clock resets you have 2 hours from that batch you right. know what i mean now ideally your batch mixes will be less than 15 minutes apart ideally right that's what you would want in a in a in a perfect world but just to give you the extreme example you could wait 2 hours to put the next batch on top and you would still be okay yeah you know what it, i mean so
1: there's no point in killing yourself mixing that much when it, so when it comes to the, the, the size of concrete bag, so like I said, I sell my stones on the side to like, you know, fun, strong man. And uh, one thing that this dude, I had just posted like, okay, hey, made to order. You have to come pick them up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the dude who runs a page called Kentucky Ballistics I had no idea who he was. He's a gun guy. I, I'm not a gun guy myself. Like I don't have a problem with guns, but you know, I'm not like I can't name the the caliber of of bullets and shit like that. So he hits me up and he's like, "Hey, I need 4 250 stones." That's was, a weird
0: request, but okay.
1: And I was like, Holy shit! I was like, "Well, I'm going to need some money up front, dude." So you know, he gets me that, and I, and I go out. And I buy 800 pounds of fucking concrete. Or how? I'm doing my math wrong.
0: That would be no. 1080 pound bags.
1: That's. But you'd need more than that to do that's, 250. That's a thousand pounds. Yeah. Whatever it was, I bought it. Got me through, and it had my wheel wells almost touching my tires. Yes. <laughs> and because I didn't think about that when I went to Lowe's. And you never do. It, yeah. I was like, Oh, cause I drive an SUV. I was like, shit. Well, I hope this works. And lo and behold, Ford explorers hold up. So <laughs> Ford tough made for the mountains, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I will buy those 80 pound bags of concrete as I learned, because I don't want to have to make a run to the store in the middle of the night while I have concrete setting in my driveway. So, um, I forget where I'm going with this. Yes. The money part of it. If you're going to do more with stones, then yes. That's why I buy the heavier bags because that's, yeah. it's way more cost efficient to be like, okay, well, I'm going to use a partial 80 and then, mm-hmm. you know, I'll set that to the side. Then I know I have this much left. Cause I'm, you eventually get it worked out where I don't even pay attention to the weight. I pay attention to the bag size. I'm like, okay, I know I can get, you know, I need just a little bit off of the top of this bag to finish my one seventy five or whatever is going on. Yeah. You, know? yeah.
0: You, you get real good at eyeballing stuff after a while. You really right. do. I don't measure out the water I'm using unless I'm doing a specific weight of stone. Like if I'm doing standard stones, I just eyeball how much water goes in. I can look at it and tell the consistency, which is probably something to touch on for the, uh, for the novice stone makers out there. Um, what kind of consistency are you looking for? with um with your mix right uh big question i get asked a lot and in concrete there's an actual term used in in masonry and it's called slump and the easy way to explain the slump test is take a cone fill it with concrete put the cone upside down tap it with a stick and then take the cone off and however far down the concrete has fallen is considered the slump And essentially, if the concrete stays pretty rigid and stays conical, that means you have a low slump. It is a very stiff concrete. If it basically turns into a puddle, you have a high slump because it's very loose. Um, And all of these different ranges have their own uses. You know, if you're pouring in an area that has a lot of twists and turns, a lot of little cracks and crevices, you'll probably want a better flow, a higher slump. Uh, If you're pouring in an area that doesn't really have a lot of crazy twists and turns, you don't need that much slump. But then you've got the workability aspect of it, too. When it comes to regular concrete work, if it is too low of a slump, it is so stiff, you literally can't work it. You cannot trowel it. It's going to be strong as fuck because there's probably not a lot of water in it because of Abrams Law. But you can't work it, so it's useless, right? Contrast that where if it's way too uh soupy to put layman's terms right if it's way too soupy the shit is not going to be strong when it's done curing you'll be able to work it all day literally all day because it'll probably take that long for the cream to evaporate off you know what i mean like right so the question is what what sort of slump level are we looking for when we're looking for stones uh ideally i will always put it in general terms because that's the easiest way Things depend on temperature. Things depend on concrete, depends on temperature. It depends on humidity levels. All of these things matter in, in concrete and in stone making. So I can't give you a one size fits all and say like, make it the consistency of peanut butter or make it the consistency of thick oatmeal. I can't tell you that. And that be the correct answer because it could be different for every situation. Um, what I will say is this. The bag will usually tell you how much water to add to it to make it workable. Right. Stick with that recommendation from the manufacturer for a long time until you learn how concrete acts in the area you're working in. For instance, in Arizona, where it's hot and very dry, you'll probably need to add a little bit more water because it's going to evaporate off a lot faster, even as you're mixing it. Yes. I live in Florida it's hot and humid ball stick to thigh weather year round. I don't have to worry about that. It's going to be fucking humid. Like any water that might evaporate off this thing is getting right back in it. Cause the air has enough water in it. Trust me. Good God. You know what I mean? So there's, there's just things to think about. Follow the manufacturing specs. If they say add a gallon of water to 80 pounds, add a gallon of water to the 80 pounds, but do it slowly. Um, The best advice, too, I can give you is if you can pick up a piece of the concrete and form it with your hand and it stays that shape, it is going to be very, very challenging to not have air bubbles in that stone unless you have a concrete vibrator. That being said, that's going to be a strong fucking stone because that means you don't have a lot of water in it.
1: That's interesting. I've never, cause I hate handling the concrete with. My, like I wear, I wear gloves, and even then, you know that concrete will get through, dry out your hands and shit. And especially, I'm yeah, I'm here in Tennessee, and um, I go through extremely humid weather, and I go through extremely cold weather, mm-hmm. and um, I've I, I have noticed, and it's also just common sense the hotter it is the faster the water is going to evaporate Mm -hmm. when i'm doing a stone in the summertime versus the uh fall time when it's starting to drop down to about like 60 50 degrees um i my stones in the summertime are immaculate because i have not experimented with different textures of concrete i go for more of like a chunky cake batter almost gotcha yeah and and that's where i found like i can i can smack the bottom smack the top and the air bubbles will rise to the top because i just use the rubber mallet technique yeah yeah and i'll bust the mold off in the summertime and it is it is perfect i made my first stone in man it was probably around february time frame And it was freezing outside, and I was like, I don't even know if this is gonna work. And I took the mold off, and there was it was like there was a chunk in the side that was just all exposed aggregate. And I was like, Oh my! And I still tried to lift it because I was just so impatient. I was like, I'm, it's not 250, but I'll I'll go ahead and give it a shot. And it was awful, dug into my arms. (laughs) So I was, I called my dad up. I said, Hey, I need you to do this with me because you're more of an adult than I am. So like, come on, come on over. Right. (laughs) And we finally got it figured out. And I was like, all right, so lesson learned here. Luckily, I only went through one set of stones before I got it right. And then the other thing with the hybrid modes is that 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 top, the the hole in the top is so wide. It's so it's so round. It's it's big. Figuring out where to level off that that concrete to get an ideal stone, God. Yeah, so I I am notorious
0: for overfilling molds and just grinding off the nub later and making a perfectly spherical stone. That's I mean, notorious probably isn't the right word, but uh, infamous, I guess, because of how much I hate nubs on stones. Right. I see it as a sign of a lazy stone maker if you have a nub left on the stone.
1: 100%. Only if
0: you're selling it. I don't give a shit if it's for you. But if you're selling this to people, like, there's a reason I put my name on them you know what i mean it, it's it's not an ego thing it's not a um it's not only a brand awareness thing it's because I want you to know that if you have a problem with this stone, who to talk to to make it right right because it's it's if, pride in your work it's it's a hundred percent what it is you know the way I look at it is my lineage doesn't have a lot of um great characters in it let's just put it that way so i said you know what if i can create the legacy for the name for the ramirez last name in this object which is stones that will outlast all of us and it's good and it's remembered as being good then that'll be our our legacy you know what i mean like and it's that amount of like forethought and pride that i literally pour into every stone that I make I want I want this to outlast me I want it to outlast you I want it to be the best stone you've ever lifted and I want it to be the reason you keep training and and expanding this sport that I love so much you know what I mean that's that's what it really comes down to so, and it's 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 that important to me it really is
1: yes I, I couldn't agree with you more because stone making isn't like my that's not how I make my living but I told like I think I was I told my wife, I was like, I don't give a shit. If the rim of my stone cuts into my arms, I'll I'll be fine. Like if I want whoever is like, cause I've had people drive, you know, two, three hours uh, from like other parts of the, of the state to come pick up a stone. I got a jujitsu guy who was like, yeah, this is going to help me squeeze better in jujitsu. And he sent me a video and he was like, Hey man, thanks for the stone. I got this thing leaping into my arms. I was like, awesome. So right. that's why on, on customer stones, I'll, that's why I take that extra care to grind it down, make sure mm-hmm. I'm not having a nub, and uh, and my my dad was like, you should uh, try to find a way to put your podcast on there, and I was like, well, we'll see. <laughs> Eventually, we'll get there, but it's mm-hmm. I, it's it's that pride in your work where uh, if so, I don't want someone to message me, and be like, hey, man your shitty stone broke on me the first time I loaded it. And I'm like, like, I don't want to get that message, you know, because then I just took money from someone for a a product that I just kind of shit out, you know?
0: Right. I I have a lifetime warranty on all my stones against cracking, chipping, any issue at all, anything beyond cosmetic. Like if the thing just gets ugly over time, like, yeah, dude, that's what they do. I'm sorry. Yeah. Stop
1: using tacky. You'll be okay.
0: I I can't help you there. Like I'll refurbish it for a fee for you, but like, I'm not going to like, give you a new stone because it got dusty or like dirty like that's not happening right Um, but but yeah like cracking chipping dusting anything like that like an issue a breakage never had a breakage as far as i know um i as far as i'm aware in eight years of doing stones give or take i have only had one instance where there was a a chipping issue and all i did to repair that stone was shave off literally like an eighth of an inch off of it with literally hand sanding resealed it and he was like stone's perfect now no problems and i'm like i don't know what the fuck that was about but it's fixed now so
1: we're good right (laughs) like so so when it comes to chipping how do you how do you prevent that because i know that you seal all of your stones i have never i've never sealed any of my stones so i'm not savvy to that realm of of atlas stone making yeah so the ceiling
0: the main purpose of sealing is actually to reduce dusting of the stone because what happens when you ex- first extract a stone um that thin layer that gives you that beautiful uh coating on the outside that cream layer that that exists and gives you that nice look tends to be pretty dusty um, yes and it's hard to get all of that dust off one way to get rid of that dust is to actually do what's called water curing and essentially you take the whole stone or anything concrete and you just submerge it in water after it's been set difference between setting and curing right Uh, does everybody here understand that (laughs) for people who don't understand that concrete when you're first pouring it in a liquid form right a fluid form if i may you're pouring it right once it is no longer liquid it is now setting once it's done setting it will begin to cure curing isn't done i'm i'm in the field of curing is never over as long as there is water present in that stone or that piece of concrete, it is still curing, baby. There is still a molecule, a crystal being formed by that water hitting that fly ash or that cement in there or that lye. Something in there is still turning into something else. But according to ASTCM, ASTCM, I think that's the uh, the, the initialism for them. It's the dudes who make up all the rules for buildings. Um. According to them, after 28 days, most concretes have made their maximum strength. And that's what curing is. But what's interesting is if you overhydrate set concrete by water curing it, uh, in big industry, you'll see it, they'll pour the floor or a foundation for a big building mm. and they'll literally set up like a two inch border and literally flood the whole thing with water for like two or three days. And what this hyperhydration actually does is it causes the concrete to speed cure in like three days. Now, the interesting phenomenon that happens when you do that with an atlas stone is if you were to take a stone and submerge it fully in water for like three days, once you take it out, you'll actually feel all that dust layer has fallen off because those pieces will never cure they're uh, kind of like, think of it like waste almost that just exists on the stone until you get it off somehow. But when you do that water curing technique, it'll actually make it so you don't have to seal them, but it knocks all that dust layer off and makes it like a really good stone for lifting uh, without any sealant. Um, so that's, that's one method. That's a very challenging method though, because it's hard to fit like a 20-inch stone into anything other than like a pool and then, how do you get the bitch back out? You know That's, what I mean. I have I have a horse trough. You got you know you can give that a shot. You know, uh, the the beautiful part is again that'll speed cure the concrete. So instead of having to wait twenty eight days for it to reach, in theory, five thousand psi of maximum strength, you could achieve that five thousand psi
1: in a matter of days.
0: Okay, which is pretty. It's an interesting and neat phenomenon.
1: Actually. Is it just? Is it like a form of osmosis that like the water inside the stone is escaping to a greater area or
0: so basically what happens during the concrete curing process um what's happening is the water is hydrating and it's a chemical um exothermic reaction that's why when you touch it it's hot um small crystals are being formed from the hydration of the different uh materials that make up the cement inside concrete uh things like fly ash things like lye things like crushed up limestone all of these things react with the water and obviously proprietary chemicals that every company adds to their own bags for various reasons um, all of these things react with the water and the water hydrates them and creates these crystals that are then solid because that's what crystals are, right? They're solid pieces of something else. And those crystals stick to each other. And that's what then turns it into a solid piece of stone, essentially. Okay. Um, when you're water curing, what that's basically doing is as it's um, curing, again, exothermic reaction, some of the water is actually escaping. For the most part, most of the water gets absorbed. I always tell people, I see that in the forums sometimes too, like, oh, you're gonna lose some of the water from, from evaporation. How? It's a curing process, not a drying process. Right. If you if you lose more than like one percent, and even one percent is a lot of weight from any stone, from the time you poured it to the time it's done setting/slash curing, you probably made you probably put too much water in it, honestly. Like if you lose that much weight, because that's a lot. I have never lost more than like <sighs> half a percent of weight from during, during the second I poured it because I poured a stone on a scale and then checked the weight after it was done and it was the same exact weight. So this is, this is a curing process, not a drying process. But again, that exothermic reaction, some of that water can escape. And when you're overhydrating it after it's already set, You're making sure that outer layer is getting so hydrated. And and that's basically what makes it. Where am I? What am I trying to say? I'm trying to, I'm trying to say too many things at once. You got the crystals that are formed. That cream layer is already made on the outside, right? But there's that thin layer of material that will never cure. That's the dust. When you put it under the water, what it's doing is going underneath that uncurable layer and causing that top layer to cure that does cure to cure even faster and harder and that uncurable layer basically peels right off so it's just over hydrating the crystals that are forming already on top okay that makes sense and and it's 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 i'm not an expert in this particular facet i'm a, I'm a very uh very quick read red on that one I do have a book that I'm going through right now that explains is it more depth. I can't explain it to a five-year-old. I don't understand it well enough. But <laughs> thinking how it goes through, my logical thought process says that's how it's working. Could be totally wrong. I'm sure people would love to tell me how wrong I am. And I'm okay with that. Actually, that's how you learn. So
1: so, so then I guess the, the follow-up question, uh, you may or may not know the answer to do you know the difference in the quality of the curing of initial warm water versus cold water?
0: Yes, yes, I do, actually. I made a post about it uh, not so long ago. Perfect. Um, There's actually a really interesting chart, and what they found is, uh, uh, and the water is certainly a factor. The heat of that will make a difference. They did a study testing the ambient uh, temperature of the air, right, that the, the concrete was cured in. And what they found was an interesting thing. Basically, the colder it was during the curing process, the stronger the concrete was overall. But it took longer to get there. So what they found was, I think they found like 72 degrees or something like that was the, the essentially the perfect temperature because it gave you the most strength, but it also took the longest time, or, or it didn't take quite as long to get there. Um there was one where like it was cured at like 60 degrees and if I remember right, the one that was cured at 60 degrees got to like it, – it, it ended up going over like a like 1,000 PSI over spec or some, some crazy number like that, but it took like a year and a half to get there. Oh, my God. Right. And then they did it when this is the interesting one where if you're ever in a hurry, this is something to think about where they cured one at like 110 degrees or something like that. And it reached like 4,000 PSI or 3,000 PSI in like two days, which is super fast, but it never got above like 3,200. So because they sped cure it with the heat, it made it so it was weaker overall got you okay so using cold versus heat I, I put up a pretty decent post about that uh using temperature and and the water is another way to factor that in um uh, one of my first posts was about using ice water uh when mixing concrete on really hot days uh, you're how do i put this you're, you're playing a dangerous game when you do that because the density of ice is different than water and ice is Less dense than water, so your mix ratios get changed when you do that. My easy solution to that is just
1: put the ice in the water
0: and wait for it to like turn into water again.
1: So I was kind of thinking about (laughs) that too. If you maybe wanted to oversaturate (laughs) the water with ice, then in go total nerd with it. You could strain your water that way. You're not having to worry about the displacement of ice. A hundred percent. You could totally do that.
0: One thing I do is I leave the, uh, the hose that I use for the water. I'll put it on like, what do you call it? Like mist or whatever. Yeah. And I'll just keep it on the whole time. So cold water is constantly cycling through. Okay. That way I know I have water that is approximately, um, the water that I, that, that comes from underneath my house, through that hose is approximately like i tested it one time i think it it was like 70 degrees or or 60 something degrees it was pretty cold right considering florida's like 80 80 degrees on average um so yeah i always try to use as cold water as possible um that's mostly though the water isn't going to affect i don't want to i need to speak in generalities right you know because specific questions need specific answers and this is a general question in general the temperature of the water is mostly going to affect the rate of your setting okay not necessarily the cure um if the water's too hot or if it is hotter it can actually cause the concrete to set faster um Mostly because there is that phenomenon of evaporation, where some of it is going to evaporate off, because it is at that point it is that hot.
1: Right. So it's easier for it to get to the temperature of the air around it and
0: and evaporate be- off and, right? and
1: become gaseous. Yes.
0: Right. When when I was describing earlier how you're not going to lose weight from evaporation, where I'm I'm speaking in a generality of, um,
1: specifically doing it properly. I say using regular hose water on a not hot day
0: using appropriate water in appropriate <laughs> yeah. conditions you shouldn't see much loss in evaporation but if you're purposely trying to use hotter water to cause a faster setting concrete you you're playing a dangerous game my dude but that's part of it man have fun experiment learn you know what i mean right um yeah so let's see we talked about the consistency of concrete just stick to the bag for the start If you can make a fist out of the concrete you're using, it's probably going to be too stiff to settle by hand. You may want to add a little bit more water in there. Um, After that, try to fill it up as quickly as possible. Um, If it's on a tire, which is optimal, shake the tire often. And what I try to do is you'll see this in, in concrete, they call it cream but it's this layer that'll creep up the side of the mold as you're shaking it. Try to keep that about an inch above the pore. Cause as you shake that mold, that cream will slowly rise up and that'll help give you a smoother finish on the stone. Cause gotcha. you're making a shell basically that's sticking straight to the mold. And it also adheres to the rest of the stone because it's concrete. It will not to it. Duh, right. <laughs> um, yeah shake it as you're going up shake the whole tire i don't crack out my hammer until i'm until i've got this much room left Uh, well i guess you can't really tell the scale of that the height of a quarter (laughs) right right yeah yeah that's when i start taking out my hammer and actually tapping and forcing concrete down in there um and man if you want a good stone on the top where you have a perfect sphere you are gonna have to pack and pack and pack and pack and pack that concrete right and pack it and when you think you're done packing tap it some more put pressure with your hand tap it as you and force your hand down in it more
1: and guess what put some more fucking concrete in there i i've done that that's the most frustrating time on the stone because i usually do my stones at night you know, after mm. my kids have gone to bed, I'm like, all right, fuck, I'm tired. I've already made it through all of like inglorious bastards or some shit. You know, I'm filling up a 250 and a 175, and I'm I'm like, I got there. I'm like, fuck, motherfucker. Yeah. And then I'm I'm using the trowel and I'm digging down and I'm smoothing the sides out and that, I'm like, okay, this is the last one, I swear. And then I'll pick it up by hand and pack it on there. And then there's still, I'm like. God damn it, bro!
0: Yes, yes, yes. That is, and that is the mark of a good stone maker in my mind. You can tell a lot about somebody, a stone maker specifically, especially if you call them out on that, on the fact that their bottom looks like shit. Yeah, um, I've I've been known to call people out when they only take flattering pictures of their stones, which is. The bottom of the stone, which is actually the bottom of the mold, which is the top of the stone. I was right? the top
1: of the stone. That's this that's always gonna be the smoothest part.
0: And I, I put it this way: any idiot can make that look nice. I mean, you know, and it's true, it's really not that hard to make that look nice. Show me the bottom of your stone. <laughs> yeah. Like you pussy, show show me that part of it. Go ahead. Oh no, I don't I have dare to you. do that. I don't I don't have to do that, you know. And, and that to me is the mark of a good stone maker when they can show you that bottom and you see, you can draw like a radius around that thing. Right. That's what I shoot for with all my stones. Because in my mind, we're chasing the McGlossian stones when we're making Atlas stones. That's what we're trying to make. We're trying to make McGlossian stones. The original manhood stones that were spherical natural stones, right? Yes. That Atlas stones are based off of but they're not maglashian stones they're man-made stones so let's let's do that much like diamonds do you know the difference between a man-made diamond and a na- nature-made diamond i do not nature-made diamonds and man-made diamonds look exactly the same except for one thing man-made diamonds are perfect yes that makes sense man-made diamonds are perfect nature-made diamonds have flaws and McGlashan stones have flaws. Atlas stones shouldn't have flaws. Yeah, we can make because, them perfect. Yes. So why don't we? So do that. Um, so yeah, it's a bitch and a half. But keep packing that bitch. Keep packing it. Um, shoot me a DM at some point and I will send you the product link to the gloves that I like to use.
1: Um, okay. I,
0: I actually found them when i was doing mechanics work and they're latex if you're allergic to latex you're fucked um (laughs) but they're super durable i have literally worn them poured seven stones gone and done a brake job on my wife's car took those gloves off reused them the next day to do the patch work on a couple other stones did the oil change on my truck still had that same pair of gloves took them off and Reused them one other day before I finally said They're just too gross to wear again <laughs> <laughs> So they're a really good pair of latex gloves You can get a pack of 50 for like 15 or $20 but they're amazing Amazing Perfect. rubber gloves And they uh, The cuff on them goes up like four-ish inches up your arm so it protects a lot of you say so
1: you can just kind of pull it like a long sleeve over it a little
0: bit easier oh yeah very much so and you know the other solution i've come up with is buying the cheapest latex gloves i can find i hate how hard it is to find latex gloves anymore i get it so many people are just latex your bloodline is weak um but like it's so hard to find just latex gloves, especially just cheap ones. Right. But if you can find a pair of cheap latex gloves, I'll put those on, and then I'll put those gray gloves with the blue pad. You've seen them before; those work gloves. They sell I think, them everywhere.
1: Yeah, I've seen them. At, I've seen them at Lowe's. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, buy the ones off Amazon. You can get a whole giant pack of them for like seven dollars or something like that, um, and they last forever. Um, but I'll put latex gloves on and then put those on top. Okay. So now I have am I'm I'm wearing a condom underneath a, a a sweater, basically. I'll say you're you're using the latex and then the goat skin. Exactly, exactly. Got all the protection. We're two, it's twice protection. I mean, if it's 99 percent is one of them. I mean <laughs>
1: friction be time, damned,
0: right? Times that by two. <laughs> what could go wrong? Like that's just that's just logic, bro like i'm sorry are you trying to fight with math right now mr yeah. smart guy it, yeah if
1: you take one alcohol that is 50 alcohol and another alcohol that is 50 you mix those together you got 100 percent alcohol you get drunk faster
0: yeah i mean i had an uncle that did that yeah yeah he ran his <laughs> truck it was awesome It was crazy yeah um so yeah, no but that's that's a that's another little tip if you uh if you want to uh which those, I think Bluebird is like the brand name of those gloves at Lowe's. Um, those are fine. You can just use those uh, to pour with. Um, they work fine until that last bit where you're shoving your hand inside the stone. That sucks. Um, man, I have lost my fingerprints. Um, I don't know how many times. I I literally can't even use my like fingerprint scanner on my phone because <laughs> really? they just... They barely grow back anymore, yeah. I thank God I am not allergic to lie, because, holy shit, I would have chosen the very wrong career if that were the case. Um, uh, Yeah, or lime. Yeah, that's what's in it. Not lie, lime. Yeah. Uh, You know, I made a post about it too, but one other little thing about stone making. Um, Wear a real mask when you do concrete work. I'm talking to you too, by the way. Anybody who's using concrete and working with it, even if you're just working with it once, there's this thing um, called silicosis and it's basically black lung, but for people that work with concrete, um, it's terrible. It's awful. It's just an overexposure to, to, to the, um, to the materials and the dust and concrete. And I wear a full, like uh, a, you know, full respirator with like the it's made for like paint, which paint is paint is thinner than, uh concrete dust so it's definitely going to protect me i'm working my next one is getting a full
1: face one because i'm getting pretty fucking tired of grinding and like all the dust everywhere in my face it gets in my beard i can tell like when i'm washing it out just it's so coarse before i jump in the shower it's ridiculous
0: oh yeah my hair was uh i had like dust like all on my hair it's it's a it's a
1: good styler though
0: yeah yeah oh bro yeah let me tell (laughs) you it's uh yeah they've got that one uh, hair cement and i'm like bitch you don't know the half of it okay. <laughs> uh yeah so i i highly i don't even recommend it don't don't fuck around with that stuff you know um that's not a fun way to go and it's like dude if you're getting cancer especially lung cancer get it the fun way by like smoking or something you know like don't get it from fucking work with concrete that's stupid
1: i'm, I'm glad you said it because i do i was only doing like cloth masks <laughs> and you're not doing anything <laughs> yeah, yeah no that's that's stopping nothing Right. Um, so you yeah. saying like bottom line like N95 type shit? But
0: bottom line, it fitted one, and honestly, because you have a beard, much like me, N95s won't really even work on you either because you're still not going to get that good seal. I'll say it doesn't seal all the way, and I have right. asthma, so yeah. I mean, I have a heart condition, like I I've had open heart surgeries and stuff like that. Oh shit! So, so yeah, I mean, I'm don't get me wrong, I still abuse the fuck out of my body. I'm here for a good time, not a long time, baby. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and, but like, I'm like, God damn, that is not the way I want to go. I fuck with concrete every single day of my life. And it's like, I just cannot afford between having to see a goddamn cardiologist once a year. I don't need to go see a fucking respiratory. I don't even know what a respiratory doctor
1: is, but i don't need to see one of them too. You know what I mean? I, uh, it's gotta be some sort of pulmonary a, yeah. a pul- pulmonology. That's probably not even a fucking word.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, these doctors don't know shit anyway. This new doctor I got he's a pussy i didn't like him my old doctor he was awesome he was like so i i met him like three years ago i just he was new but he was like he was my old new doctor that's the way to put it i had this one guy he was my doctor for like <sighs> 15 years he was like a third person ever hold me when i was born oh was shit like, yeah, this, kid, this kid's fucked get him to surgery now basically um and i love that dude he was cool but he was a little too old school actually i found out later on like oh he was not keeping up on stuff kind of good thing he retired um got the new one this dude was awesome i was like look man i compete in strong man um that's not going to change what do you think and he was like he basically said dude that's fucking sick first of all and he explained this really cool thing where he said I'm like one of the oldest people with the heart conditions that I have because most of the people that were born before me died either in surgery or very shortly after because it was such a new thing they were doing. But he said this thing where he said, you know, we had this phenomenon where we didn't know how to treat heart patients. And so we kind of told them not to work too hard, not to do this, avoid steps and stairs, and you know, don't exercise too hard. He said we ended up with fat people that had, you know, cardiology problems too, you know, cardiac problems. So we just made the problems worse. He said, now you're on the opposite end of the spectrum where you're probably taking it to a level where you're competing in a very heavy sport often. And I have no idea what's going to happen, but I would love to be a part of it and study you and see what we can learn from your experiences and what you do. I was like, fuck yeah, doc, that's what's up end up getting a new one this fucking pussy we don't really like people with heart conditions to be lifting heavy and you know just just like high reps and you know like you know moderate weights and i was just like cool so i tell you what um when you can squat your body weight you can fucking come talk to me about what i can lift how about that
1: is that fair doc like you pussy like god so i also unfortunately cuz i'm obviously not a doctor i don't have any medical background education wise nothing um and i compete at the in the heavyweight 265 um i've competed yeah. 275 for uss um don't prefer being at that weight i found that like my happy weight's like 255 260 um Something about that extra 15 pounds really fucks me up. So it's, I understand, it's just uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, and I, when I first saw my doctor after competing, I was for the first time, I was only 245, probably. And, Mm. uh, I was on my way up to what I am now. And, he was like, all right, man. So with, and I, now granted, I had like my work boots on. I like, I work at, and you know, I work in a factory, You steel toes. And mm-hmm. uh, he was like, all right, with your, with your work boots on everything, you weighed like 255, 260. We got to talk about you losing some weight, bud. Uh, we're going to want you to lose about 60, 70 pounds. And, and <sighs> now granted, <laughs> I have been 185, 190, and I look disgusting at this How height. How tall are you? I'm six feet tall. Oh, yeah, no dude, you could walk around it. You could easily walk around two forty, no problem. 100, it's and it's it's a good weight. I'm, yeah. i I make I make progress on my strength. you know, everything's cool. and uh I, I told him I said, yeah, man, that's that's not gonna happen. I'm a competitive, strong yeah. man. And yeah. he was like, and now granted, this guy's stomach is folding over his belt buckle.
0: Funny how that works, right Yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah.
1: he said, look, man, you know, at this age, you know, you're in your twenties, you could, you could keep this up. Uh, once you get a little bit older, it's going to be hard. I said, I said, I don't think you understand what I do, bud. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm doing hit training, you know, for right, 50, right. 50 feet and, and, and he's just not hearing me. And then he starts talking about like, because
0: he doesn't know what that is.
1: Yeah. He's like, well, Think about the example you can set for your kids. And I'm like, okay, now you can shut the fuck up because I'm not gonna listen to this anymore. And ever since then, I'll go like I go see this guy because I haven't found a guy who's geared more towards sports affiliated situations. Right. Uh, and he doesn't even ask me about my weight because I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna, it's not one of those where I'm I'm too lazy to lose weight. I'm just it's not advantageous and the fact that there's so many old school doctors that don't understand that is infuriating especially with what? more people c- taking part in sports than ever before
0: you know the other thing about it too you know it's and 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 it's always ironic right like i made the joke but i'm dead serious i'm like yo find me the cardiologist that has like trend traps i'll listen to that motherfucker <laughs> yeah right you know what i mean let me find me the cardiologist that that is like offering me D ball under the table. That's the <laughs> motherfucker I'll listen to because he knows where I'm coming from. This little pencil neck bitch doesn't understand anything about what I'm trying to do in my life. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and-, and I remember I had the candid conversation with him finally. And I said, look, I'm going to keep doing this. Your fucking job is to try to keep me alive while I do it.
1: Yeah. And that's said, 100% that true.
0: Like you're you're going to tell my insurance everything you're doing here costs like a million fucking dollars anyway, even though if I offered you cash, you'd only need a thousand somehow, right? So so don't feed me this bullshit like you you actually give a fuck.
1: Yeah, it's the 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 medical system is one of the most inferior cuz if I told if I went to this guy like let's say like yes I'm, I'm a relatively strong individual, but let's say my testosterone levels weren't where I wanted them to be naturally. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get on TRT. He would try to steer me away from that, even though it can make my boners harder and, and make me sleep better and give me more energy.
0: It's the quality of life,
1: but because it's testosterone replacement, it's, it's not what I'm naturally producing. Oh, well, you know, like, you take one CC every other day or something it's right. it's and it's keeping you nor I, whatever man I, that'd, be a <laughs> lot. that'd be a lot dude it would for trt it's one. it's one cc like every week i think yeah yeah for, for the test yeah it's about 200 it's 200 a week is is
0: average that's like the starting that's like a minimum dose for trt
1: right and two
0: 200 a week once CC. if you did that every day that's <laughs> no no that's not okay. every day i I said I mean, every other day, but I'm literally,
1: I definitely misspoke. I'm literally only quoting what I've heard. I don't know no, shit yeah, yeah, yeah. about, about any supplemental testosterone. Cause I can't, afford oh, come that on shit.
0: You're, you're in strong, man, dude, you got to start learning. Come on, bro. That was the first <laughs> thing I learned when I got into the sport was all about the extra vitamins, man.
1: I know. It's, it's, it's the good shit for sure. It's just whether it's or not just, I can t- afford them
0: it's just curiosity for me for the most part when i first got into it because i was just like oh no shit tell me more though that's interesting like i actually just found it interesting i found it interesting where you could be talking to two dudes in the same weight class and one of them would be like bro winstrawl is hands down the best shit i've ever used and the other guy would be like fuck you d balls king and then the other one's like i only run tests and then they both look at him like what because he's the best (laughs) one there you know and then (laughs) But and I'm just naming name like these are just like this is a real conversation I heard one time at a show and I'm just sitting there just as like hundred seventy five pounds just like smiling at these three giants arguing over which steroid is better.
1: I I enjoy it. I enjoy telling people the who don't know that I mean every strength sport is is laced with. Now granted, I think we should save the steroid cocktails for the bodybuilders and leave the all the strength shit to the strong obviously, but <laughs> we've earned it. Damn it. Yeah. So I, I'll talk to people and I'm like, yeah, eventually I'd like to be on steroids. And they're like, why? I'm like, uh, because they're fucking cool. That's why they're like, I mean, the same
0: reason I smoked
1: for 10 years. Yeah. Exactly. Fucking cool. Yeah. I, I used to, or- yeah, I used to smoke a pack a day because I like the way it made me look a hundred percent and dude honestly
0: just the the community of smoking like you're these five degenerates outside of a party hanging out in a circle and only one dickhead remembered to bring a lighter you know what i mean but then three of you only three of you have a pack you know so it's like oh can i bum one i have never been told no when i bummed a fucking cigarette from somebody like in my life i have asked somebody for like a cup to fill up a punch bowl and they told me no you know what i mean like it's the camaraderie of it all the, it's a community
1: man yeah. and drugs are just a part of the community of strong man <laughs> and, and yeah they're like isn't that cheating i'm like no no it's not yeah. you still have to lift you still have to put in the work you've because the next guy could be taking steroids too and he's probably going to do more work than you so you've still got to put in this amount of work There
0: was a, I got two, two thoughts on, on drugs in sports specifically, not just strongman, just sports in general. The first one, I can't remember what famous old school bodybuilder was an interview he did in like 2007 or something like that. He was an old man by then anyway, but he said, dude, I don't give a shit what you do. I don't give a shit how many drugs are in the sport. You know why? Because if you could wave a magic wand and make all the drugs disappear from the sport of bodybuilding or the sport of weightlifting the sport, any sport you want. First place would still be first place, second place would still be second place, third place would still be third place, and so on down the line. And that means a few things. Because number one, everybody's on something. Something. You look at blood doping, right? You look at sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber at night. You look at people that train in the mountains and then compete at sea level. Where do we draw the line? If right. I get my blood drawn when it has a higher red blood cell count and then get my own blood transfused back into me how the fuck is that cheating that's my own fucking blood and i did train in the mountains for six months to get that blood right i just didn't do it for the last six months (laughs) you know what i mean yeah where do we draw the line there five grams of creatine do you know fucking hard it would actually be to get five grams of creatine from eating meat every day It's really hard. Or I can just take this piece of this one powder and get fucking ten. You'll probably only absorb like six of it, but still, in one shot, is that cheating? I don't know, you know. But these these are the things. So there's that right, and untested does not mean drug free. Lance Armstrong was the most heavily tested human being on the planet. And to this day, still does not have a
1: positive drug test. Period. So I'm glad you bring that up because Icarus was one of the best documentaries yes. ever yes. fucking made. This that guy's, was my fucking just he sucked, to figure out drugs. Yeah. He sucked dick on steroids. Yeah. Like, and he yeah. had one of the top Russian doping motherfuckers helping him get his piss clean. Like, it is, yeah. it's insane. The, so guy, that, the guy who invented
0: the test they do to check the piss, is the one who's then teaching you how to get around the test he invented.
1: Yeah, and the guy still lost his, his race on steroids. He did worse. Performed and, worse, interestingly
0: yeah. enough, right? I, and honestly, that's kind of why I hate the stigma because that's an interesting phenomenon because that is not typical. No.
1: I would like imagine typically
0: t- I mean, I've never met a single person in this sport or any other that willingly admitted to doing, we'll call it a Exogenous test is what we'll call it Whether that be just something as simple as TRT Which most people That have a level head about it go yeah that's really Not cheating you're just bringing your levels up to like Peak human performance right. Some around a thousand you know what I mean And most people would agree like Yeah sure it's not his own But like it's not like he's going to Super physiological levels you know Most people can agree with that um, All the way up to The guy who's literally Nine times his his total test numbers is at nine thousand, and his free test is at 900 which is by the way about 36 times the normal top peak male limit this motherfucker's not even human anymore he has to go to a veterinarian you know what i mean like holy shit and both of them were like yeah the drugs helped yeah you think you know (laughs) Like in some form or fashion, whether it was just quality of life, you know, just, just like, Hey, I'm, I'm able to, to have sex with my wife, like just simple shit. You know what I mean? And, and that's what makes the whole steroid conversation. And I hate, I, I've grown to hate the word steroid because it's so, tainted in the world you got all these fucking monday morning quarterbacks you know and 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 these fucking pieces of shit fat fucking lazy schmucks on the couch eating chips and shit well if i was on steroids i could do the motherfucker no you no, could no you could not that was i could give you a fucking personal trainer a free chef and a fucking all the drugs you could ever want you still couldn't fucking get close to that
1: that was so uh to bring up West Side again because they're I mean they're they're peaked in the controversy of steroids. Um was it Anthony <laughs> Anthony Oliveira? Is that his name? I know that name, yeah. Yeah, so he I he runs like trigger warning conjugate now. I don't think he's yeah, you know, uh I don't think he's affiliated with West Side anymore. Um most but, guys
0: aren't Matt Wenning, same thing, He, he doesn't really affiliate with them anymore either yeah a
1: a lot of guys a lot of guys leave um but uh he was when he was still at west side he was doing an interview for like a youtube channel and he was like he's like you think it's the drugs i'm on fucking i'll tell you exactly what i'm on you can do it and see if you do what i you know squat what i squat you know Mm -hmm. and it's it is that sort of thing where like yeah you could you could take the drugs too but you're probably not because you don't have you don't have the it's it's the want it's the want to work you know what i mean i think
0: You know, the meme culture is interesting. Meme, like M-E-M-E, meme culture. yeah. It's funny because usually it's just for comedy's sake, but one of my best friends has this saying, and I don't know if he stole it from somebody. I heard it from him first. I'll put it that way. He said, comedians are modern day philosophers. And it's true. Because comedians have this way of looking at the world in a certain way and twisting it to get to its deeper meaning a lot of times do you know what i mean right and that's that's really what philosophers did too they just sat around and thought about shit and just pointed out what was seemingly obvious observations that we still hadn't seen yet you know what i mean <laughs> and so memes a lot of times are pretty philosophical and i remember i saw a meme where it was uh it was that conversation with guys like oh you know i could do that if i was on drugs and the guy leaned in real close to the meme, and he just says, "Then do it." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I am never saying that again."
1: Uh, you yeah. know, like there's, it's it's funny yeah. where people are like, "Yo, oh, don't get you know, don't get your news and opinions from social media." But there's a lot of stuff like that where it kind of allows you to take a step back, and you're like, "Oh," and you're looking at something from a different perspective all of a sudden
0: presented as comedy yeah you know? and then you're
1: like oh i kind of feel silly for taking that so
0: seriously now right 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 i you know and that's the thing too especially on social media you know um right now you can tell with my inflections and the way i talk you can tell a lot of things and even the way my face moves and stuff like that you know i i i love comedy drama and i was in theater for a lot of years i love all that shit i love being oh, me too yeah i love all that shit so i mean i i'm notorious for standing in front of the mirror and talking to myself and just seeing what my face will do you know how i do, do that I too i'll look.
1: cover my mouth and like do
0: emotions yeah, yeah, with my, yeah, with yeah, my yeah. eyes you're gonna do the rock you know all that shit <laughs> jack black yeah 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 <laughs> yeah dude's <laughs> fucking crazy i love jack black um <laughs> shallow how just as shitty of a movie as you remember it really is um uh yeah no um but on social media, a lot of times these things are written and there's no way of knowing the emotion that's actually behind what's being written. You know what I mean? And it's like, my my God, dude, how are you going to get so worked out? Number one, you know what I do when I read something on social media that upsets me? Motherfucker, that upsets me. Close. throw my phone on the bed and I go to literally anything else. So I have... like what I'm gonna do is sit here and argue with some asshole on the other side of the world. Who's probably not even real. Yeah.
1: Like, so like, you know, I I used to be really back in my early twenties. Like it was that long ago. I'm only 27. Um, but in my early twenties, I used to, I used to argue a lot on, on social media, like Facebook. I, I did too. It, it would, it would take up my day at any free moment I had at work. I was, mm-hmm. I was on Facebook you know, the, the, you know, 2016 election was coming around and it (laughs) was started. Oh my God. I was in full swing. Fucking, I I mean, real piece of shit arguing with everybody. Oh yeah. And eventually I just decided like, I don't, I don't really want to do that anymore. And now within the past like year, even because I've stopped arguing for a, a long ass time, but within the past year I've made it to where like, I'll type out a whole response and then delete it, right? And then I will delete all of it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no point because I'm not going to get through to this person. Obviously, they're very set in their ways. Like, it's, it does not matter to me at all. And I'm not going to let it take up any more of my headspace, right? You know, it's, it's, that's honestly, I think that
0: I, I read this book once and I really, I recommend it to a lot of people because it's really good for uh, communication. It leads you to a couple other good books too. Um, it's called, uh, never split the difference and it's actually a negotiation book and it was written by an ex FBI negotiator. Um, and he, he talks about how we compromise because it's easy, not because it's the right thing to do because we don't want to actually get into that argument about getting what we actually want. And, I, and I'm getting to the point of what you're making there, where I think growing up is learning to pick the battles that are actually worth fighting for. Because no deal is better than a bad deal. And when you argue with people on the internet, you're getting a bad deal. Every time. So you might as well just take no deal because that's better than a bad one. Yeah. And and growing growing up is learning which battles are actually worth picking. Like if one of your close friends makes a post on social media you disagree with, you you could start a discussion with them either in person on the post itself, DM them, that kind of thing, right? That's a battle worth picking, in my opinion. If this is somebody that's close to you,
1: you know what I mean. That you're not going to get heated with and actually have a productive conversation.
0: Well, you know, and, and so my last name is Ramirez, so it's easy for me to get passionate about things. I'll just put it that way. Um, so in person, sometimes people think I'm getting angry. It's like, no, dude, I'm not angry. I'm just, it's just, I'm, I'm, I come from a loud people. Okay, like right. We get loud. We get excited. We're not actually mean and and trying to berate you. This is just how we get.
1: And um, my my I, grand my grandpa's a Ramirez, so
0: yeah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, we're probably related, honestly. <laughs> Straight up, it's dude. It's perfectly possible. Like He's every, a
1: Chicago Ramirez.
0: R-E-M-I-R-E-Z?
1: Yes, because
0: there's a there's a two hundred pound competitor, Mike Ramirez, but his is. Spelled R A M E I R E S, I think. Oh
1: right no, right his out. is a, his is an E E I or I I E I E. Is it like mine? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 We're probably related, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just means son of Ramos, so who knows, right? Like, right. it's literally like Johnson in Spanish or, or, or Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Smith is a profession yeah johnson johnson comes from son of john son of john yeah right so we're son of ramos ramirez okay yeah so it's stupid i hate it like my best (laughs) one of my best friends his last name is guerrero which in spanish means warrior i'm like fuck you you get like the sick ass
1: last name like oh dude my 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 last name is zidon and apparently in polish it means a grumpy old man uh, well, you know, I mean, I say, I say, live up to it. That's what I say. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm grumpy as shit all the time. <laughs> I know. Right? I'm always tired.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's you know, I was born and then I was tired. That's
1: all I remember really. <laughs> so I the mean, if I, I if I of- if I said anything rude, fuck off
0: yeah I yeah, I, I am not responsible for a lot of the dumb shit I say, uh, especially after today I was up really early doing the static monsters thing. I don't even remember what we first started talking about. I might have said some dumb shit right out of the gate. It's just <laughs> I don't know. I hope I was nice to everybody I needed to be nice to and fuck you to the rest of them. Um, yeah, so you know, the beauty of having even heated discussions with people that are close to you, and it's changed a little over i mean i swear to god just the last couple of years but used to be you could kind of have a really harsh fight and you could do the fuck you i'll see you tomorrow yeah and it kind of seems like man now anymore you got to just bite your tongue with shit because you just you know all of a sudden you you disagree with somebody on something and they've made this it's their religion this this opinion they have their entire identity yeah. And if you are against it, then you're a bad person. It's like, look, I am not afraid to speak out and say that I am a Christian. And if you make fun of Christianity, I'll fucking laugh with you nine right. times out of ten. Because if you're honest about being a Christian and 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 being faithful to, to the Bible and the teachings of it, you understand that a lot of this shit is goofy and stupid and dumb and weird. But what I find is that people that are sort of atheist they never for a second question their faith ever it's just like there is no god right and it's like well point point of having faith is that i question my shit all the fucking time that's faith like that's the beauty of it right is that i have to question it all the time and get reminded of it all the time and and then obviously the rest of it's like you know spreading the word or whatever but you know not not to get too
1: whatever no i agree with you because if I could add something to that, I I've stopped calling myself an atheist because those guys get so theistic about their atheism. Right. That I'm like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if what made us is called God, but it's definitely something, but it's not, you know, there's not nothing because something happens at some point somewhere. Well, cause cause that's it. Right. Like, so let me get
0: this straight. Christianity. The idea is that, a big invisible magic being uh, essentially sneezed all this into existence. Right. Okay. And then atheists say, "Yeah." Uh, no, it didn't. The, they they well they go the Big Bang theory is is the correct one. What's the Big Bang theory again? Nothing exploded.
1: Yeah it's it's a it's a sneeze. So
0: let me get this <laughs> right. So my my theory is that this invisible, in your eyes, imaginary friend created everything. And that's stupid to you, but you say that nothing exploded. Yeah. And I'm the (laughs) retard.
1: That's where i getting that right. (laughs) That's where I've, I've branched away. I'm like, you know what? I I can't be, I can't be atheist anymore. It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be something else because I don't agree with I mean, they get heated. They'll go any, any, the, the equally um, belligerent, uh, religious guys that hold the signs and yell at people will also right. get yelled at by the atheists that right. are saying equally terrible things. And I'm like, I can't affiliate with either of these guys. God, Jesus, man. Like <laughs> literally Jesus. Yeah. I, I, it's just anyway. Yeah,
0: no, no. It's, it's, and I think, I think, I think picking a side is a good thing, but I think picking extremes is and ne- that's that's even, never good. Even now, right? Even, even this, the conversation about stones, the entire time I've tried to pick my words carefully and be very general about all of my recommendations and all that, except for highly specific things like where to put duct tape and stuff like that. Right. But even that is a little bit general, right? Cause where is the top? Where's the bottom? You know, this sort of thing, right? Like how perfect does it have to be? It doesn't have to be perfect. None of this has to be perfect, bro. You know what I mean? Generals always in generals, because specific questions specific answers generals better i've picked a side when it came to religion and and uh, uh i guess theology is what you would call it right i have picked a side but um i'm not fanatical about it you know what i mean right Like it doesn't, not, it doesn't get you anywhere ever no i'm not gonna kick down anybody's door and fucking you know go on another crusade god i would love to honor my ancestors like that but i just you know those aren't the times we live
1: in anymore bro you know um <laughs> I, un- I understand your belief becoming your religion because my son today, my five-year-old said that he thought bodybuilding was cooler than strongman, And I almost took him, I almost returned him to the hospital. Yep.
2: I, yeah.
1: No. And I, and I feels, turned, I, I, turn, <laughs> I turned to my wife. I said, Hey, he just said that bodybuilding was cooler than strongman," And You're, she no. goes, your son just said <laughs> yeah I can't even say your son cuz he looks like me. He looks like me and he's named after me. He's the uh, he's he's the fifth and uh Oh. That's oh awesome. yeah. 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 I had to do it. But at yeah. <laughs> that
0: point you have to.
1: Yeah. So yeah, she was like he is entitled to his own opinion. I was like, yeah, but it's fucking wrong. Yeah. We can yeah,
0: I've had wrong opinions before too. I just didn't say them out loud cuz I'm not stupid like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's, but that's how people get. They, they kind of take things a little too to heart sometimes. And what's interesting is I'm saying that and you're saying that. And I, I believe when you say it, and I believe when I say it, that we do our best not to take things that personally, right? Yes. But what I have found is that people that go on social media, much like couples that constantly post about each other, are not as secure in this opinion as they would want you to believe that they are because nine times out of 10, these same people that are like, just fucking let people enjoy things are the same ones that when you challenge them on anything, will be like, fuck you, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're yeah. fucking wrong. You're stupid. they this, that, the other. It's like, well, uh, shitting on
1: people's dreams is the thing I enjoy, bro. You said was, to let people enjoy the thing. I was gonna, yeah yeah let people enjoy themselves. Well, hey, <laughs> I enjoy not letting people enjoy themselves. Oh, yeah. asshole! Um, you said not to kink shame. Well, shaming kinks is my kink, bro. <laughs> Your move. Yeah, right? cre- creating paradoxes is, is is fun for me. How about that? <laughs> you ever hear of an eye for an eye makes the whole
0: world blind yeah there's a reason i have some fucking boundaries my dude (laughs) you know and and but that's you know much like much like with like you see couples always posting about each other how in love
1: we are and blah blah blah. i'm like both those motherfuckers are cheating on each other oh my god see and that's the thing i (laughs) i've never been (laughs) one for the big long you know i love you posts yeah yeah Uh, but i will tag my wife in blatantly sexual memes openly (laughs) yes (laughs) that and i think that's ironically i
0: think i ironically (laughs) i think that is like if you see some nasty like meme on the internet which i try to avoid that shit just because like i'm trying to keep my mind sort of pure every once in a while you know (laughs) (laughs) which is tough because i mean strong so my instagram's got me fucking figured out it sends me car shit fitness shit and food shit i used to want to be a chef i used to be a mechanic and now I'm into strong man, right? Like, it's got me figured out. Um, So I go to the fucking explore page and it's just like ass and titties and ass and titties and cake and a Mustang and then ass and titties. And I'm just like, yeah. if you don't see one of those nasty memes though, that kind of make you like, even you blush, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, you're like sending it to your wife. I think you're fucking up. I think, I think you need to send that nasty raunchy shit to her.
1: So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you said the ass and titties part because I, I don't I don't see that shit like on my regular feed. Yes, it's it's always like it, mine is the same thing. It's like strong men it's a strong man, horror shit uh, you know tattoos, stuff like that and then I go to my Explorer and it's some chick in clown makeup with really big boobs and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm like I'm not understanding where the algorithm is getting this one and the last the last thing I want, <clears throat> is to be out in public somewhere or next to my wife or one of my kids and I go to search someone up and the first thing there is some chicken a thong and I'm yeah. like and I'm like oh come on man
0: yeah I mean it's because it's like dude I'm not I'm not actively seeking this shit you're just forcing it on me and I'm like I get it because sex sells. A, when I get it I got involved in a sport that has warped my perception of attractiveness beyond comparison I mean like I remember going through puberty as like you know 14 15 year old boy and just being like yeah you know having this idea of like what a hot woman was you know yeah and then now like if i went back i'd probably be like dude you're gay like (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: it is i i agree with you like bitch gotta
0: have like cat delts and and a fucking traps up to here (laughs) and like a fucking ass like i bounce a quarter off of you know what i mean and it's like that's hot bro i would be like yeah that's kind of like that's kind of like a slightly buff dude actually <laughs> and i'm like yeah that's hot though actually yeah like,
1: i i have i have friends like my wife and i have had conversation oh do you she, she'll be like you think such and touch is hot and i'm like yeah she's like me too weirdly like and it's one of those situations where like, it's, it's a lot of times like, like pro strong women, you know, where the layman would be like, uh, no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or like <clears throat> she looks like a man. And I'm like, honestly though, those muscles are sexy. Like, yeah, it's like, like, do you, it's bro. like, but
1: I don't think you understand the work she had to put in for that. So
0: yeah, it, it's like that perception, right? Like, that's what I mean. Old me would have said that shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like old, like young me would have said like, that's a dude, blah, blah, blah. But like the me in this sport now My mind has been so warped just by exposure. Yeah. And I'm like, now that's what I'm attracted to. Like, yeah, a strong woman is hot to me. Like my wife, she, she lifts, you know, she, she's not in a strong man, but she, if she did compete, it would be in powerlifting. And she's like, for like a normal woman who doesn't work to necessarily compete, she's pretty fucking strong like at at 170 she's pulled like over 300 she's squatted over 250 she's benched like 160 like wow those are fucking good numbers for like just a woman just working out basically you know what i mean like and she works hard but like she's got better traps than me some days
1: you know what i mean my wife is the same way where like she did train to compete. She doesn't compete actively anymore, um, but she was co- competing in strongman, and she was complaining. She was like, I feel like any, anytime I go anywhere, like I'm like the manly chick. And I'm like, I'm not understanding the issue here. Like I'm, you, I'm waiting for the problem. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you, you still look feminine, but you just like, she's mostly Scottish and I'm like, you, you're, mm. you're, you're, you're built to look exactly how you do, like, it, it, I, I'm like, I'm encouraging this. Come on, let's go like more, right. like lift right. more stones.
0: Yes. You you are clearly made for like giving birth, but also fighting the tiger trying to eat the children.
1: Yeah, that's what I, like, man, I try to tell her and, and yeah. she now granted, she's still muscular, but she, she stopped doing strong, man. She, she said which I understand. She said, it stopped being, stopped being fun. Mm. And I was like, you know, it, and, and why else do we do this sport? Which, and, and I get it because I've gone through points myself where I'm like, I'm literally just going through the motions of lifting. Like I, I'm not enjoying any single part of this Yeah, <laughs> and competing is what gets me through it where I'm like, okay, there's a competition at the end of this. Yeah. You know, it's uh so this, so
0: I, I've got a comp coming up in December, uh, Florida's strongest man. It's notably, Usually the strongest or the heaviest show in the state. Um, I mean, a lot of times the numbers that he sets for these events will be higher than nationals. Okay. Um, Like, and and I understand his logic is he wants the Florida people going to nationals to look good. He yeah. wants Florida to be recognized as a strong state, which
1: I'm pretty fucking sure it already is. Like I say, when, uh, when I think of strength, I think of like Florida, I Texas, think of Kentucky, Texas and California yeah.
0: and California. Yeah. Like and then sprinkled in there somewhere, is some little corn fed Iowa boy that nobody's <laughs> heard of yet. And football just doesn't quite want him, so he said, "Fuck it." Strongman looks fun.
1: That's kind of how, and, honestly, I'm seeing like Trey Mitchell. I know he's from Texas. I love Trey. I feel like he popped up out of nowhere uh, onto the scene, like the big scene. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" His performance. It now, granted, we've we've now uh, had the episode through um, the final event of the Rogue Invitational, but I mm. expect him to have done very well. I um. I met him in
0: 2018 and this is, that was like really when he was just starting to crest into the, into the open I, because of my job, which is crazy. I can't even call what I do at a job. That's I, I, awesome, get to meet, I get to meet a lot of these people. Um, I've met Bobby Thompson. You know, you mentioned him earlier. Um, I've met Trey and he was, like the sweetest dude you will ever meet. And it was like, and he, I hope he doesn't hate me for telling this story, but it was adorable. This six foot two monster of a man. He's probably like six, four. I don't know how tall he is. He's big. And he, you could tell how uncomfortable and nervous he was just talking face to face to five foot eight, 180 pound me. You know what I mean? Right. Because he's not built for that. He's built to lift heavy shit. He's also fairly young, isn't he? Uh, yes, yes, he is. Um, I don't remember exactly how old he is, but I think he's around 27 or 28.
1: Yeah, I know he's really young in comparison to yeah. what usually <laughs> top-level strongmen are. Yeah, um, I actually helped him make one of his
0: stones, His, uh, his four i want to say it's 460 he has i Holy did the math shit. on that for him i did the math on that for him uh told him how much lead he would need for that stone which is cool i did the same thing with
1: brian alzuru actually uh, i dude i never fucking love brian alzuru man that's yeah he's what got me into strongman what you remember he did that
0: uh series where he kept trying to get that 400 pound stone yes i finally dm'd him one time after i saw his like fourth failure and i was like look dude i I don't want to be the guy to send like unsolicited advice and shit but look and i just went down i said here's all the math here's how it's done this is how much lead you would need good luck right and he he actually came back and he was like dude that's fucking sweet i'm gonna give it another shot let's give it a go and he fucking did it And i think he finally did get his 400 stone using the math i sent him and i was like fuck yeah dude he is such a unit of a human being it's ridiculous. He's, yeah. Well what's cool about him is he gave I've never met him in real life but because uh, Nikolai Myers used to train out of there. Yeah. Uncle Nick, right? Yeah. The the U- United World Champ, current world champ anyway. Um that was my segue to introducing myself to Uncle Nick and now Uncle Nick and I are friends. Like I have his phone number and shit. It's fucking weird, dude. That's fucking insane. It's fucking weird having Steve Slater's number. It's fucking weird having Nikolai Myers' number, having CJ Pierce's number. Like, these are fucking weird to me.
1: Um, the fact that I met Bobby Thompson is fucking weird. Like, I geeked just because he replied to a comment thread that I started. Like, I was trying to find a gym to train at up in West Virginia. And oh, someone okay, yeah. tagged Bobby Thompson. They were like, hey, maybe he can help. And he's like, hey, man, how far away are you? And I was like, oh, holy shit. Uh, I'm going to be in Lewisburg. And he was like, oh, man, that's like three hours from Morgantown, man. I'm sorry. And I was like. I'll be there. I was like, damn it. And I, and I couldn't I couldn't swing it. I was like, I could have had the <sighs> opportunity to even just be in the same gym as Bobby Thompson. That'd be so cool, right? Oh, my God. He he is. There's, I mean, there's just a few guys you like truly. Borderline idolize, and you know, yeah, you got, you got to take a step back and realize, like they are, they are still people. They're still they, flawed
0: human beings,
1: but they are strong yes. human beings doing what you want to do.
0: Yeah, you know, and the thing is, I think if you can to, to to touch a little philosophical, right? Wax a little philosophical. Idol worship is bad because you end up idolizing this thing that isn't real. That's the problem, right? It's your perception of this person. Or object, right? Whatever it is. Even if it's yourself.
1: Yes. idol worshiping
0: yourself is probably the worst thing, right? Vanity, That's main
1: character it, syndrome.
0: Right. Vanity is a terrible sin for a reason. Because it makes you unable to perceive how shitty you really are a lot yes. of times. And those um, are
1: usually the shittiest human beings. They have exactly. no self-awareness.
0: I knew a guy who once literally made the statement that his farts didn't stink. And he didn't, <laughs> he didn't understand how elitist of a stupid statement he had just made was like, he just said it because he was trying to like, he was literally trying to say he was so much better than everybody. Cause I think he was like a vegan or some shit.
1: He was like, Oh yeah, was, yeah, like, of my, course he was
0: the way I eat. My farts don't stink. And like everybody was like, you fucking serious right now dude you literally just said your shit doesn't stink are you that oh my god dude you know (laughs) like what is wrong with you um yeah but but i think if you can admire somebody and acknowledge that they're still a human being with flaws i think that's a safe way of pseudo idol worship um I'll actually give you an example and I don't care if he gets embarrassed about it, but Lynn Morehouse, the guy who runs OSG, um, which if you never met him, he's a great guy. He actually gives a fuck, which is the bare minimum for me, when it comes to a promoter, just give a shit, you know right. what I mean? Which is kind of sad that that's my fucking bar. You know what I mean? At this point, I've been so disappointed by some promoters. Um, not a lot of them, just a couple promoters who have been like, you don't even fucking care, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But he gives a shit. I had the opportunity. I went up there uh, a couple months ago, about a month ago now. And uh, he actually let me stay at his place. Um, And it was wonderful. It was a wonderful experience. I got to train with him and a bunch of other fucking super strong people. Cody Abel was there, number 11 in the world, you know, 175. Super cool dude. Um, uh, There's a few other guys there too. Uh, Super Hulk Athletics, what the hell's his real name? Oh my God, I can't remember his real name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. A bunch of cool people, right? But I even told Lynn, I said, I don't know what the word is for the feeling that I have when I see what you have with your family. I was like, it's kind of like jealousy, but I want to have it, but also you to have it.
1: Admiration and appreciation mixed together.
0: Right? So like, I still want you to have the cool thing. I in fact want this family and this life you've built for yourself to continue. Right. But I want it too. You know what I mean? Like I want to model aspects of my family off of what you have here because staying with him and his family and just seeing the dynamic they have was, it was wonderful. I mean, it was, and obviously, you know, I'm seeing a certain picture of it. So, you know, it's, it could be, God knows how it is when you're not there. Right. But from what I saw, and I mean, trust me, I come from a shit family. So I, I can pinpoint when there's actual problems, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah, I know the signs, you know? And I didn't see any of that. I didn't feel any of that when I was there. It was just like, just a, a, a wonderful, like, family. And I'm like, I would, this is what I want for my family. You know what I mean? Like, I want my wife and my kids to have, like, the same dynamic with me that he has with his. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you could tell everybody just gives a shit about each other at the yeah. end of the day,
1: everyone just cares. And, about and a lot of times other. all that, all that is, is just open communication and, yes. and, and project like proper projection of feelings. Yes. Well, that was the funny thing. Like they would, they would say
0: exactly what they meant to each other. And like, it might seem harsh, but they knew right exactly where the other person stood. Yeah. And as long as the one taking the, taking the comment was able to actually listen to the comment, they would just have a conversation, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I get this. Cause I come from like a Spanish family, essentially. So like, I get that. Um, but it was still like, it is sometimes with, you know, where with the way we grew up, I grew up, it was not that way. It was like, no, there's hate underneath these words. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah. It's I, like,
0: there's, there's not love behind this. We're, we're not trying to get our feelings across. We're trying to hurt each other.
1: I I'm by no means the perfect parent. Um, you know, I have my flaws just like everybody else does but one thing I do make sure to do is like, I tell my kids every day, like, Hey, I love you. Like you're really, like, you're a really handsome. Like my kids got haircuts today. My wife cuts hair and um, their hair looked so good. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, you guys look so I like, it was five hours later. I'm like, I cannot get over your hair. It looks so good. They probably get annoyed with me how much I'm like, I love right. you. I'm proud of you all the time. Yeah. And then my son will still come through and like do something silly. Like dad, I cleaned up all the dishes. Are you, are you proud of me? And I'm like, yeah, buddy, I, I am proud of you. Like, yes. But then I also on the flip side, if he's being annoying as shit and doing something that I don't like, I'm like, Hey, when you do that, it makes me not want to hang out with you, buddy. And I'm promise yeah. you that other people feel that way too. It's like, so you might want to check that behavior because that's not cool.
0: And that's your, I mean, that's your job as a parent. You know, I, I don't like the modern parenting and I don't have kids yet. i I'm, I'm, We do want kids. We're, we're, we're working towards, towards having a kid. Um, but I don't like this idea in modern parenting of like almost being friends with your kid. Like, no. Yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not my kid's friend. Like my parents were not my friends and I, I had dated a woman for a lot of years and she had kids. And I think, one of the biggest things we ran into, we, I did some things wrong. She did some things wrong. You know, that's, that's every relationship that, that ends, right? Like both of us had some problems. We just didn't work out. And it was because of things she did and things I did, honestly, right. but I grew up from it. I believe she grew from it. I don't know. None of my business, but one of the things I learned was how I didn't want to raise kids. And, and I found it seemed like she wanted to be more like friends with her kids than a, than a parent to her kids. Yeah some of the times and it's like that's that's not your place you're 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 not supposed to be your 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 fucking kid's friend right now when they're
1: adults you can be a little more friends with your kids i think yeah but But when they're you still have to be ready as even as an adult to step in like my dad at 20 years old my dad told me he was gonna smack the fuck out of me and i i pouted like a like a like a child oh yeah yeah oh wow so he just put me in my place like okay
0: yeah yeah you know i mean and, and it's that's it's like your kid's gonna have friends yeah it's not your job your job is to be their fucking parent your kid's not gonna have any other parents yes they're gonna have plenty of friends why would you want to be their friend why would you why would you give up the opportunity to have one of the greatest jobs on the planet which is being a parent yeah like like it's... again i don't even have kids yet but even i i can appreciate the 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 not pageantry, but like the 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 respect that comes with that kind of a, a, a responsibility.
1: Yeah, and man, one of the one of the most important things too is is finding other good parents to communicate with, so you're not feeling because yeah. because being a parent, you sometimes feel like you're alone in the issues you're having. Yeah, and then you go to talk to another parent, and you're like, they're like, yeah, my kid does that too. I'm like, God, fuck, yes, my my five-year-old has one of the largest egos on a five-year-old I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and he thinks he's me. And I'm like, Hey, you're five. Be right. five. You, you right. don't have to be like, he'll try to be a tough guy with his little brother. Mm. And I'm like, Hey, you're not, I'm like, I, we all know that you can beat him up. You're three years older than him. You right. know what? I can beat you up, but no one's going to be impressed with that because you're five and I'm 27.
0: Right and, he's,
1: right. and I'm like, so if you were to beat up on your brother, not only would I whoop you for it, but also everyone's going to think you're kind of dorky because you're beating up on a smaller person than you. Right. Right. Go to the Special Olympics. Is it is it worse that you win or
0: that you lose?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's why I have him in jujitsu and karate because oh, get
0: humbled every day. Bitch. He
1: has got he has got very he got choked out by a girl. Oh yeah, and and it wasn't. I don't think it was the fact that the girl choked him out that bothered him because he, my wife is a tough woman, and so he doesn't have that idea of like boys are tougher or cooler than girls. Right, maybe right. maybe boys are cooler, but they're not. You know, uh, boys or boys are tougher or cooler, but they're not necessarily tougher. And right. So this girl choked him out, and it wasn't that it was the girl. It was the fact that he got choked out. He stood up, and he was like. <sighs> And I was like, "Hey, you're okay. Next time, tuck your chin." Right. And like, yeah. And so he's learned from that. He's rolled with some like kids who are much better than him, and mm-hmm. all of them walk away, and they're like, "Wow, you're strong." You know, they still yeah. submit him, or they're still they're still they, you know, they'll pin him or whatever. But you know, uh, he's he's learning. And since then, I haven't since I've started him in jujitsu, I haven't had much of an issue of him like lying, of him you know doing a lot of shit you know except for maybe getting getting rough with the dog like hey the dog doesn't bend Mm. like a human you can't do jujitsu with the dog buddy
0: right 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 i would that's you know that's i think that's where i'd have a disagreement with some some other modern parents where i'm like no man like at some point like boys will be boys like boys want to just break shit and and be like tough
1: tough guys yeah they they do they do have to be boys at some like like
0: they, they gotta get it but that's the thing you got to let them get that shit out. Yeah, and that's why I, I learned that sort of just through uh, just just like experience. One time I went to a hockey game on a date one time and uh, she couldn't wrap her mind around the, the, the fighting and then the penalty box. And I was like, because that's how men work. Yeah, I was like, I got a fucking problem with this dude. We're going to fucking fight it out. He wins. I win. It doesn't matter. You put us in a fucking box alone to think about it for two minutes. And then we got to get back to the fucking game. It's over. Yeah. Maybe I'll get him next time. You know what I mean? Maybe he'll get me next time. Yeah. but That's that's how guys work. Sometimes we just got to get shit out and then it's over.
1: And I think that's one of the, because I wasn't, I was, I was kind of a sissy as a kid, you know,
0: oh, I, I was too.
1: It's, I, I was scared to fight. I was scared to, you know, have confrontation and one thing that I will say, like I have very much grown from in 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 the sport of strongman competing has really, I don't even know exactly what it did, but it like almost I guess bolstered my confidence, my ability to confront shit head on, uh, and it was like it was a marked change from the time I decided, okay, I'm going to sign up for my first competition, until now. It's like. I, it's that confrontation doesn't give as much anxiety, you know?
0: Yeah. You know, it's, I, uh, the, one of those things, and, and we're, I'm, I'm getting to a point, but in that same book that never split the difference, he talks about how he doesn't like the idea of talking to treating people. how You want to be treated because everybody's a little bit different. We all fall into like, he splits it up to like, Five or six different like basic categories, you know. It's hard to put people in boxes because everybody's a little bit of something. You know what I mean? Right. We're we're actually pretty complex, but we're also kind of simple. You know, it's it's one of those weird paradoxes. But, um, he he talks about that idea of like treating people how they need to be treated, not how you want to be treated. Because if you talk to me a certain way, you'll get a certain response. Right. If you talk to me a different way. You'll probably get a different response. You have to talk to me how I need to be treated. If you tell me to get angry to do a lift, I'm going to fail that lift. I am a stoic lifter. Yeah. I need to calm myself down before I do a lift, or else I'm going to fuck it up. I'm that just same before exact. Before I way. do a lift, you will see my face just go blank. I will not smile. I will not laugh. I will not cry. I will not get pissed off. I'm just dead faced and i'm just trying to go through every single thing i know about this event in my head have i prepared every little detail this morning the six months all this stuff and then just before i hear the word go i'm trying to just think of the sound of the ocean and then i'm going it's that simple
1: yeah i so i'm the same way i not to cut you off but my i I did this i really look up to chris As a as a, a person, as a, yeah, as, a yeah, yeah. as a lifter, everything. He's just a cool human being. Yeah, he's a cool dude for sure. Yeah. He was talking about learning to dump your adrenal gland before a big lift, you know? Mm-hmm. And I have really, really tried to do that. Where I'm like, all right, you know, I'll usually have one lift that kind of scares me a little bit. And then I walk up to the bar and I get that same thing, squat, stone deadlift, whatever it is, blank face. And it's like, I can almost hear my heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I focus on. And then I'm in the zone for the amount of time it takes me to do that lift. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to do really much of anything with my face, except for what the lift naturally calls for, you know, and uh, right. it, I'm this, I'm, I'm just, I'm that same exact way. I'm not, I'm not going to yell. It doesn't do anything for me.
0: No, no. It's the smelling salts are a fucking gimmick for me. Like they don't do shit yep, for me at um, all. That whole, like get angry, like motherfucker. I spent 15 years of my life angry. I don't want to be angry anymore. Yeah. Like I got, I don't have to put aggression into this bar to make it move. I need to put the amount of force it takes to overcome gravity. Uh, so, yeah, you know what I mean, focus, like,
1: focus and, and form into, into whatever's happening, you know? Yeah. It, I don't, I don't like the whole thing of the gym is my therapy because the gym is not my therapy. The gym has given me more stress than I could have even imagined. But in the moment of that, of that, that fight or flight, that thing that is, cause I'm not in combat sports, the thing that is my, my fight, right. I've got to be completely in the moment, right? there. Right,
0: right, right. hundred percent. Nothing else. It's, it's,
1: it's, I don't know if you've
0: ever blacked out doing a lift um yeah i've shit I had, my pants <laughs> uh, blacking out's fucking scary i've only done it once on a uh, i was practicing a block press and it got even scarier and i'll actually we'll get we'll get back to that whole doing the comp thing uh but i was practicing a block press and i got it to like just about i don't know my forehead ish maybe maybe a little higher and i went ah damn and i put it on my chest and i remember getting to my chest and putting it down and then i woke up like this on the ground and and i was like oh shit so i guess that didn't work out and it was funnier too because i had fallen backwards um just out of the line of sight of the bay door so nobody could even see me pass out right where i fell down and the scary thing though was i woke up and i was like cool uh go ahead and move and uh, i was like i i can't uh move and I had, like, the fucking kill bill. I was, like, wiggle big toe, you know? And, like, I couldn't. And then all of a sudden I was, like, <gasps> uh, And, like, was consciously breathing, you know? And I was, like, oh, yeah, we can move. All right, we're back. Holy shit. I fucking blue screen for a second there. <laughs> but we're fucking good. We're back. All right. Got up and I think I hit it for three or some shit after that. Um, but anyway, we're going back to... that's That's that kind of... When you're blacking out, you really see that fucking... It does that. Where there's just... Blackness just slowly turns and you see nothing but a little pinpoint. Right. I'm trying to do that, but without actually passing out when I'm doing an event. You yeah. know what I mean? That's really what I'm trying to do. Nothing blur, else matters. blur the crowd almost. Oh, I don't fucking hear anything from the crowd. People that train with me get mad at me sometimes because I'll make jokes and, and say shit just as they're about to do something important and it'll like break their concentration. I'm like, I am about to make you the best fucking lifter in the world. If you could just learn to not listen. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I hate people. I don't hate people. I don't, I don't understand the mentality of like, yeah, man, I got to put on this song to get hype and hit a lift. And I'm like, you realize that the show, they're not going to play the fucking song you want.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: I practice just not hearing the fucking music at all.
1: I do. I live with a podcast on most of the time and you know, I have, I i'll have them. the the garage door open the kids are yelling and i'm like yeah. hey for just a quick second shush all right you're good
0: yeah i i don't they play whatever they play at the gym if there's nothing on the radio at the gym i don't put anything on i'll just fucking lift in silence just listening to nothing but the whatever because i'm just like i want to be mentally prepared for like what if i have to do something difficult and i don't have music right you know what i mean like this 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 hobby sport I do is more about preparing me for real life. Like, what if I have to lift a fucking log off like my kid or my wife? Yeah, you know what it, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I don't have, you know, fucking cowboys from hell isn't playing, so I'm never <laughs> gonna be able to move this fucking log, bro. Like, you fucking pussy, lift the log. Like, what are you doing right now? Um So anyway, back to what you were talking about, about just doing the thing and like getting that confidence, I lose more and more respect for people that I see, not, not the same person over and over, I should say. And I've had several that come, go to the gym that I train at where it's like, oh, you know, they, they, it's the, the tagline, right. Of, of the, the, the permanent pussy. Um, I'm just not ready to compete. Motherfucker. Oh man. You will never be ready to compete. Yeah. Period. Why? Because the standard is always fucking climbing. Me from today could have gone to fucking nationals in 2012 and probably fucking done pretty well. Yeah. But the today of today that has me can't even win a fucking
1: local show.
0: You know what I mean? That's like,
1: one of the, man, that's one of the frustrating things is because I started out novice. You know, I think I did like four novice shows. And on the last one, I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this shit anymore because you've got guys there that belong in the super heavyweight division Mm -hmm. or they've been, they've done 12 novice shows and they're the the last novice show I went to the winning silver dollar deadlift was 900 pounds.
0: And I'm like,
1: what are you doing? Like, why are you in novice? Like, it made. It wasn't even like a like. It was my first show. Yeah, yeah. It like it wasn't even like a self pity thing. I was just kind of like, this is who I'm getting beat by. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, of course I'm getting beat. I can't deadlift 900 pounds on anything. You know, like so. It's one of those things where I was just kind of made that decision there. I'm like, I'm not wasting my time. Either. I'm going to go to open. And I got my ass kicked at my first open show, came in next to last. And I was like, okay, but at least I knew who the fuck I was. I was competing against Doug Madewell. Oh, like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, he came first place. Right. Obviously, we all knew right. who it was good. Like, but I still showed up and fucking did it, you know? My first – so I did –
0: i did two novice shows one in uss and one in strongman corp and that was it um and then i went right to open and i did i i wouldn't say the smart thing but it's still the thing i recommend to 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 novices moving towards open classes uh just go to the closest thing in your weight class if you weigh 200 pounds just go to 200 don't cut to 175 for your first show oh You've yeah got enough- you've got enough shit to worry about and learning how to cut weight and refeed is a skill in and of itself. And it takes a whole nother level of fucking mental bullshit to deal with all the stuff that comes along with all that stuff. But anyway, um, so I did two hundreds for a little bit, a couple of years there uh, dealt with some back and hip stuff. Didn't really compete for a year or two. And then my first comp back, I'm going to, I'm supposed to do two hundreds and I'm training two weeks out with a guy in the 175s we're training together and i'm failing the 175 weights on moving events which is the only thing i can do even halfway decent and and i'm like oh shit and the 200 pound weights are obviously heavier than this like fuck i'm walking around at like 180 and i can't seem to put on weight something was wrong i was fucked up i think i just burnt the candle at two, two ends too fast too long for you know all that All the, all the, all the sayings put into one about killing yourself slowly. Um, and you know, the guy I was training with, he was just like, why don't you just fucking just drop the 175? All right. Well, I talked to the promo editor and I said, cool. So my first 175 show, I have a guy who had just gotten third at nationals, a guy who had gotten fourth at nationals, the guy who got in third at Nationals has also gotten top 10 at OSG before. Um, a guy who's also gotten top 10 at OSG. A guy who got 12th place at Nationals. And me, who can't even fucking podium a local show. Right. So I'm like, cool. Uh, I'm sitting here wondering how I'm going to finish the events. They're wondering how fast they can finish them. Right. And I'm like, cool. But you know what, man? I got my shit pushed in. And... uh and it made me better you know
1: yeah it is that kind of stuff it kind of and it also lights a fire in you and you're like well oh, i don't want to i don't want to come in this place again so i'm gonna i'm gonna aim for this place next and you know i, I, that I sort i'm of shit
0: you know and, and going into this show now my mentality man it's um you know a couple of the guys that are in it they've eaten shit but only because of like injuries and stuff yeah they haven't done six competitions in a year and come last place in every fucking single one of them (laughs) or last place last place second to last place then boom missing first place by 0.02 seconds oh my god i don't give a fuck what you say i didn't lose to that fucking guy fuck you Or missing fucking, you know, first place because just bullshit, you know what I mean? Missing the podium because of bullshit, you know, that's the kind of years I've had of just eating that shit over and over and over, you know, first it was, I wasn't even good enough to come out of the, to drag myself out of the bottom. Then it was, I'm just making stupid mistakes and losing to people I'm shittier than. Like I am demonstrably better than these people and I'm losing to them because I'm making mistakes. Then I'm getting fucked over. You know what I mean? Like 0.02 seconds. Do you know how fast the blink of an eye is? Not that much. No, the blink of an eye is like 0.2 seconds. So this is like a tenth of the blink of an eye. Yeah. Is what I allegedly lost by. Yeah, go fuck yourself, guy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't trust you at all. Especially since I caught you giving the other guys two extra seconds on an event, called you out on it. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. I made it a mistake. Fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not salty about it at all. Um, I can't tell. Yeah, I totally <laughs> let it go. As you can see, I totally let it go. No, honestly, I'm not even that. Uh, I mean, I probably won't compete there again. Uh, but,
1: uh, you know, it's, it's whatever, like I've had one of those shows too, where I'm like, I'm not going to go to that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to that promoter. Not for anything other than I just didn't feel like the show was run that well.
0: Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was your, it was, you know, first, first show. I don't, it's, you know, I won't name any names, but, uh, you know, it's (laughs) like, and I won't, I won't, I'm I'm not that guy, you know, I'll name names of celebrities, but not, not like people that, you know, promoters that have actually made Made mistakes because, I, you know, it's whatever. It was their first show. Um,
1: you can really I only hope was, that they grow from that shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, if they want my help to grow, then I'll do what I can. You know, that's that's a beautiful part of what I've moved into now with, with my career, which is weird. Uh, I've only been doing Will Development officially full-time since November of last year. Um, and in that last year, I have done some pretty fucking crazy cool things and and i don't mean cool as in like look how great i am i mean i can't believe i get to do this you know yeah yeah like as a job you know going to the clash finals you know what i mean um that right there is is proof positive that and osg i'll tell you exactly how i got those two jobs so osg i got that job last year because of jonathan fulmer who is a promoter from South Florida? He runs Iron Therapy down in uh, it's it's basically West Palm Beach, but it's not quite. It's like the exit just before West Palm. It's called Fort Worth. No, Lake Worth is what it's called. It, it's if you're familiar with this Florida geography, it's South Florida. Um, and he's a great promoter. I like him a lot. I love doing his shows. Um, he's always been good to me as a promoter uh, in terms of business and uh and and helping promote me and all those sorts of things um he works with lynn a lot for osg and uh he hooked me up with lynn to do the stones and uh you know i'm not stupid so of course i was like fuck yeah i'm doing these stones like, right done. so meanwhile in the time that i'm trying to get the stones done i'm doing a wedding my own fucking wedding i'm getting these stones done they get done everything goes well uh, as far as i know everybody who's ever touched them loved them um, which is all I could ever hope for. And while we're there, I run into Anthony again, whom again I've known Anthony Furman for seven, eight years. It's been a long time. Right. And he's like, Yeah, we'll need some stones for Clash. This is cool. So I, you know, make all those stones for him. He, he actually ended up only using one of them for the actual show. Um that three, uh, that 350 that they used for that stone over Barben, which then when that event ended. You know, at, at OSG, seeing zadrunas Zavikis lift a stone I made, yeah, shit. You know what I mean. Mark Felix, uh, oh, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? He's a big boy and he's another really good log presser. Wesley Claiborne.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I actually know his wife. I competed with her like in like 2013 and so like because i knew her i was like i now know wesley <laughs> you know what i mean so i saw her and i was like i know i know you and she was like are you sure you know me start chatting over the she's like oh yeah i was there and i was like ah i knew i knew you and then all of a sudden wesley and i are like cool and i'm like this is fucking weird too anyway <laughs> um you know so i get to have that experience is it any wonder i fucking just went and quit my job like two weeks later you know what i mean like right yeah yeah
1: It's one of those highs you can't really replicate. I'm chasing that
0: dragon, man. You know what I mean? Um, I'll tell you this. Terry Rady could tell you the story. Um, Do you know Terry Rady, the name at all? I do not. He's a a former 231 competitor. Uh, I I don't want to misquote it, but I believe his highest uh, strength accolade was uh, America's Strongest Man as 231s. I I don't believe he ever actually, um, I don't even know if he competed at Worlds or not. But I know he never won it. As far uh, I'm pretty sure he never did. But I believe the highest he got was America's Strongest Man at one point. Um, hell of a competitor when he was on. Um, just a hell of a competitor. Uh, but he coaches a lot of people now too. Uh, Melissa Peacock, I believe. Yeah, I know, who, I know who that is. I believe he coaches her. Um, he's a hell of a character. But I met him there, and I'm standing next to him as they're doing the last stones. And uh, I'll say it now. Uh, but at the time I was keeping a little hush hush The last two stones For the super heavyweights I had just Poured those like three days before the show Oh shit Because I was having trouble getting some of the Weights of some of the other ones so I got put behind put behind Put behind put behind So those stones are like three days old Yeah. And I'm holding on to Terry I just <clears throat> met him like 15 Minutes ago and I'm like Taloned into his fucking shoulders just watching you could have cut a cigar with my sphincter you know what i mean like watching for that stone to hit the ground and when it did it huh! and like at one point, <laughs> terry, terry, terry was like you to do chill it'll be okay i'm like i don't know if it'll be okay terry i am like, because if that stone breaks i'm done i need to just my career is over i mm. cannot recover from this I, I i cannot agree with you more that's that would be a shitty situation that's it there is no coming back from this the fucking world games I can't come back.
1: Yeah. Like I was really, like, oh, oh, Will, you mean that guy that made the Stones bust at OSG? You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I'm selling my molds.
0: I'm selling the mixer. I'm done. I'm going to pick up welding. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> there you, go. you know. I'm going back to mechanics. Fuck it. I'll do something I hate. I don't care. Anyway, running into Anthony after the show and uh, you know, my dick felt pretty big after OSG. I'll be honest how could it not right steve slater's gassing me up he loves the stones every athlete that's there loved the fucking stones what more could i want you know what i mean my community is accepting me as a creator you know what i mean and liking my work right so then i get the work for clash and then even before that i made that celtic cross which was such a unique cool experience too. making a couple more of those too. that's gonna be a lot of fun um that was a fun project to 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 have like 3 weeks to work on and figure all that shit out and I was like but I did it <laughs> you know <laughs> like um and then did that stone did those stones and that that opportunity that Anthony gave me was another incredible opportunity because that event at the finals at Clash that 350 stone was put over the bar I had it written down 90 like 93 times. Holy and dropped. Shit. And dropped at least 98 times. And used for 23 straight minutes. Never dusted, never chipped, never cracked, never showed any sign of wear. No other stonemaker on the planet can make that claim. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I tell you when I was walking back after that last one hit the ground and I was leaving a trail in the parking lot, you know what I mean? Like getting lightheaded because of how big my dick was, you know what right. I mean? Like, Cause how could it not, man? Like, it's, and it didn't even, it didn't sink in until after I thought about it. It was like nobody else in the world can say they can
1: do that. It, like, I say it, it's having, it's having your work in your, confidence bolstered and, and confirmed right yeah people can say that
0: but i have proof yeah of it nobody else can make that claim with a video evidence and i can and and then to get the opportunity to make the world record stone for hannah to attempt also and getting to meet her and uh, her i believe her boyfriend i don't believe they're married um I'll just call him her beau to meet him and her and, and, and garner a relationship with those two, you know, what a great opportunity that was too to, to be part of a, a world record attempt, even though it didn't, it didn't go the way anybody wanted and And, you know, there were reasons, uh, you know, it was delays and, and I will give her this, you know, cause I was there that night. It went from being like sunny and bright and like, I don't know, 85 87 ish degrees to like super windy and like 60 degrees in a matter of 40 minutes yeah like that beach just all of a sudden man it was literally night and day yeah of, of weather change so i will give her the challenge that she ran into there um you know Would I have loved to have seen that stone go over the bar? Fuck, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I've never actually even made a post about that stone because my dumbass is pretty bad with social media, honestly.
1: I am Um, too, man. It's just, you know... With so much going on in the real world, it's hard to partake in the the metaverse.
0: Part of me takes pride in that I'm not super active on social media because 90% of the work I've ever done or gotten has been because of word of mouth. yeah. And I take a bit of pride in that, you know, I've never offered like a free giveaway or anything to try to bolster my name or like sponsor a show just to get my name out there. Like I sponsor shows because I want them to have good stones. Yeah. Um, and then like, uh, for instance, there's a show happening next <laughs> Oh my God. There's two shows happening next week and I can't go to the fucking one of them because my friend's having a baby shower and it's his first fucking baby. And if I don't go to this one, he's going to guilt trip me for the rest of our lives. Anyway. I wanted to be at either one of those shows next week, but instead I'm doing the stones for both of them. And now that's, that's kind of what I was leading to where it's beautiful that I'm in this point in my, my career where it's, I can give back in a way that doesn't just give back to the community and give the athletes something that I wish I would have had, but I can also show the, the, the beauty that is this community. And in April of this year, <clears throat> there was a notable show, Miami's Baddest Man. And I've uh it holds deep dear, dear place in my heart because it was the first uh novice show I ever did. Um, was Miami's Baddest. I don't know how many years ago now. And I ran into the promoter and I said, Hey, look, I would love to be part of the show somehow. As you know, I don't want to compete this year. And I even told him straight up, honestly, because the events are fucking boring. Um, I told him straight up, I was like, I've done every single one of the events you have at your show right. before. Like, dude. I'm not doing the same five fucking events, just, you know, a slightly different change. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't need something crazy. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't want to do the same five things every year. You know what I mean? I, I agree. Like just throw me, throw me one wild thing. You know what I mean? One fucking, I don't know, like a fucking Scale this greased up fireman's pole, you know what I mean? Like just there was something
1: crazy. There was a competition in West Virginia for Halloween. They had a body bag carry.
0: You know what I mean? Just yeah. something cool like that. You know. Um, and it, it, him and I go way back, so we, you know, he he laughed about it. He was like, "I get it." I said, "Plus, I got other shows. I kind of got my eyes on first. No offense, you know, but I, I want to be a part of the show." And I said, uh "You know, he, he, we're we're trying to figure out about the stones and." And I had this idea and he was like, you know, I I don't really need to keep the stones because he had his own stones, notoriously shitty though. And uh, I wanted the competitors to have good stones this year. Right. And so I was like, why don't I make the stones and we'll just sell them off later on? He's like, cool. Yeah, that'll work. And so then I had this like brain blast fucking moment, like two days later. And I was like, Hey, why don't we auction the stones off? you're already trying to raise money for a charity with the sales from the show. Why don't we auction these stones off? And all I want from this one is my, my cost in materials back and the rest of the money will go straight to the charity. We're already running money for. Right. And we did it and we raised like $700. Oh shit. Like just for the stones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was what went to charity was 700 and i was like oh fuck so the very next month we did it again with the next show i was doing and i was actually competing in that one again seven hundred dollars yeah so shit then we did it again in june with that show and we only raised like four hundred dollars but i'll be honest i kind of made boring stones for that show anyway like they weren't special or anything so i always expected a lot i also didn't push it very hard um and i was like but so we made like 300 but still like it works out great for everybody you know what i mean like people are getting world-class stones usually for cheaper than they pay just just to buy them outright um the money you're giving is going to charity like everybody's winning yeah you know what i mean i'm getting my money back at the very least for the stones like everybody wins and so i i've tried to do quite a few more of those this year as well so the stones that are being made for those two shows uh next weekend uh tampa bay's and uh misfit toys um both of those sets are going to be up for auction afterward um and we'll have to just pick the charities for them and figure it out that way but yeah i mean it's it's just like being able to do all that stuff has been great. And oh, my God, how could I forget sponsoring USS Nationals, right? Like, never in my wildest dreams did I think that would happen. And then never did I think it would blow my name up as much as it did. Um, I invented a style of tacky. And I call it wet tacky. Um, basically, you apply it rub your hands, it gets sticky, leaves almost no residue. Uh, one guy left a review one time and he said, if regular tacky is a 10 in terms of stickiness and a tacky towel was a 1, this stuff's about a 6. And I said, correct. Because I wasn't trying to replace real tacky with this stuff. I originally right. invented it to stick my stone sleeves to my arms. And then I realized, like, hey, I could use this as kind of like a makeshift training tacky that saves my biceps so I can train every week you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and uh phil carr who runs arsenal athletics um real good friend of mine love phil if you never met him he's a great guy you should try to get him on here he's funny too um, I would, i'll look him up yeah arsenal athletics tell him i sent you um he tells me he put up a post about how they needed a, a sponsor for the stone to shoulder event at uss nats i said well fuck me i'm the stone guy you know like Talked to Phil about it and I I talked to the promoter about it. I sent him a bottle of stuff. He said, We fucking love it. We're going to make it the exclusive tacky for the show. Oh, shit. That was his idea. And this is so, so some people did have a problem with that, this exclusivity thing about the tacky. Now, two answers to that. Number one, you can still use a tacky towel. Nobody said you couldn't use a towel. Right. Before I showed up, you could only use a towel. You can still just use a towel if giving me $10 for a bottle that's going to last you six fucking months is such a fucking problem to you. Right. Wow. You know what I mean? What tickled me the most is I I got... I, I Obviously, because I was paying attention to it, right? Because it was about me. Saw the the criticisms of the, the... And nobody was criticizing me. It wasn't about me or my product. It was about the decision to have the exclusivity of a product and as a competitor i agree fuck that noise right we're only allowed to use server grip shirts go fuck yourself you know what i mean like <laughs> i hate that shit yeah i mean i'm not a fan of grip shirts anyway but still maybe that's why i lose no i'm kidding um no like you know i i don't like exclusivity shit either honestly it bothers me but um what tickled me the most is, in person, a ton of people bitched, pissed, moaned, and complained about the grip shirt that was used and exclusive for USS Nats. that The only grip shirt you could wear, which was a custom one made for the show, which cost like $75. Oh, my God. Nobody said a word about that on social media. But the $10 bottle of tacky, Oh, fuck these people, blah, 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 blah. The $75 grip shirt. Well, we're only going to gripe about that person. You know, we're not going to say anything about that online, even though nobody likes the shirt anyway. And it's $75 like now this is just what other people said. I never used the grip shirt. I don't know anything about it. It might've been good. It might've been bad. So I don't give a shit either way. I met the guys who made it. The, the guy who made it seemed like a, seemed like a solid dude. I'll say that. You know what I mean? But in terms of the product itself, I have no dog in the fight at all. So this is right. just what I heard, and and the point is, I just it tickled me that the ten dollar bottle of tacky is what broke people. Right. But the seventy five dollar grip shirt. Oh well, that's just yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but yeah, you get like,
1: a, you get a shirt in the end of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know,
0: I fit, Yeah, well, yeah do you though? Because I mean, most grip shirts just fall apart anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude, like, and that's not even a dog on any of the brands. Every single grip shirt I've ever seen in my life is like falling apart at some point.
1: That's crazy. I've had a seven for a while. I've never had any of them fall apart. Really? Yeah,
0: Cause yeah. Well, and what's funny is that's one of the brands. maybe they changed something. Cause I, and I've never used any of them. I have no dog. Right. To fight. But like, what I've heard is that like a seven was one of the ones that was like notorious for having like problems with them just sort of like falling
1: apart. I don't know. Sometimes the one, I have the black one with the lines going across it. Sometimes it's too grippy. You know, you know what I wonder actually?
0: So I come from an automotive mechanics background, right? And the way I describe things is you're gambling when you're buying cars. Right. And what you're gambling on is odds. If you're buying a Toyota or a Honda, you have like a 95% chance you're going to get a good car. Yeah. If you're buying a Ford truck, you're gambling on like a 90% chance you're going to get a good truck. If you're buying a Ford car, eh, probably more like 40%. <laughs> but I wonder if the grip shirts are kind of the same thing. We're like with A7, there's like an 80% chance you're going to get a good shirt. And maybe just the 20% is the only ones who've ever said anything.
1: I say, and they're the ones making the noise. Because people sure love to bitch when they have a problem with stuff. Yeah, but if but something's they good, they're anything, like, eh, yeah, that's
0: yeah, cool. Yeah, like, yeah, all right. A, Thanks.
1: It works exactly how I expected
0: it to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's true. I I guess in a way yeah, it's kind of how it should be, sort of. But it, I guess as a as a maker and a member, it is sometimes it's like, hey man, so I'm not good at shilling. Right. So maybe maybe you could say Do my fucking for name, me. <laughs> please. You know, say my fucking name, please. Yeah. Because you know, it's just I'm not good at it. I find it skeezy. Everybody who's ever bought from me, I have never slid in someone's DMs and solicited like service. Yeah, like hey, if you ever need stones, let me know. Like that shit is gross to me, and I give people this example, and I I, I don't, I don't understand people that buy from people that do that because me. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something I know a lot about that I'd want to buy, but I usually buy things that I know a lot about and want to buy. So let's just go with like headphones. I don't know anything about Sony headphones, but let's just say pick a brand Sony. Let's say I want Sony XB headphones. I don't even know if that's a fucking headphone or not, but let's just say that's the specific brand and the specific model I want. right? And I I want to pay $35 for them. If some dude slid in my DMs and was like, "Hey man, I got a pair of so brand new Sony XB headphones for thirty four dollars, right? A dollar less than I want to pay," I'd be like, "Cool." Left on red, and I'm buying them from somebody else for thirty six dollars. <laughs> I don't like that shit. I don't right. like that shit. Don't knock on my fucking door and try to sell me something, even if it's something I was looking for.
1: Well, it's it's there's something that seems kind of skeezy about it.
0: I don't like it because it's like
1: to me, it's you're wasting my time. Yeah. And you're assuming that I'm going to give you my, my time of day. Like, I I don't want to wait. That is probably
0: the only place where I treat people how I'd want to be treated, Where I don't like wasting people's time. Um, That's the main reason I don't solicit is because I, I find it's wasting everybody's time. Yeah. Also, Man, I have wanted to do posts about how to talk to people that run businesses. Um don't just fucking say hi to me. Like say hi and then hit the enter button on the keyboard, it's sometimes called return, it looks like a arrow pointing like <laughs> that. And then just tell me the rest of whatever the fuck else you wanted.
1: Because yeah, it wish wastes- feel up
0: front. It wastes so much more of my time to play this fucking game of tag with you where I say hi back and then you say how are you and then I say how are you and then you say good and I say grand and then you say what you actually fucking wanted and it's been four and a half fucking hours. (laughs) Like I break my time down by the hour and when you do that shit you are taking money out of my hands. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't get paid to answer messages on social media. You get that, right? Like (laughs) you get paid to make stones, make stones, poor tacky, sell stone trophies. Oh, I have a new product launching. Actually. I'm very excited about it. I was waiting for my patent filing to go through. I finally made a product I can actually fucking patent, which people are funny. And I, I know they're coming from the right place when they say these things but it tells me how they've never had to actually try to file a patent in their lives. Right. Um, when they say, Oh, so you made a liquid tacky or like a wet tacky thing. Have you patented it? And I go, you don't know what patenting means. Um, you can't patent that you can't patent tacky. It's too ubiquitous of a thing. You can't patent a steering wheel because it's too general of a thing. Right. To give you a real world example that happened a few years back, I can't remember which way it went. Either Samsung sued iPhone, Apple, or Apple sued Samsung, but they sued them over the curvature of their phone bezel. That sounds like something Apple would do to Samsung. It sounds that way. I don't remember which way it went. But the interesting thing was the court actually ruled that the plaintiff was correct in that they had a patent on the exact curvature, and because it was such a unique uh, radius on the bezel, it could be patented because it was considered part of their branding. <laughs> right. See, okay. <laughs> you can't. You can't patent a cell phone, right? But you can the curvature. You can patent the radius of the bezel on the cell phone. Right. Okay, I guess. <laughs> right. So can't patent tacky, but I can patent the process I use to make tacky, Right. which would then, there's a reason nobody's done that yet because to patent something means you have to disclose how you do something and nobody wants to give up the how they make their tacky. Okay. Right. Nobody tells you how to do it. You just have to figure it out yourself. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit, but I did it too. So fuck all of you who wouldn't tell me how to fucking do it. Anyway, um but I got a new product coming out. And it's actually launching at OSG. It is a tacky remover towel. Oh shit. So it's a wipe. <clears throat> now I invented a product called Lucky Number 7 um a couple years ago now and it was a tacky remover. And what I was doing is I was trying to combine the best of all the worlds, some sort of solvent that was skin safe, some sort of oil and then some sort of grittiness, right? Some guys like Gojo to take off tacky because it has the little pumice in it, right? Yeah. Some guys like baby oil because the oil takes it off, and some guys use a solvent. I've heard of some people using brake cleaner, which I do not recommend, but yeah, I bet that does melt the tacky right off. I'm sure, it, also your skin. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel kind of dizzy, guys. I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark, you know? <laughs> Getting high in your garage from all the fucking brake cleaner fumes. Anyway, so I combined all three of those into this uh, this tacky remover, and it worked pretty well. And then I actually worked with uh, Steve Slater to develop an even better version of it. But the name Lucky Number Seven was already so good that I was like, "Fuck, I'm just staying with Lucky Number Seven now." Because at the time, it was the seventh formulation that I had come up with in trying to make this product. Oh, okay. And now this new designed one of it had it's based with a industrial skin-safe solvent. And it just melts the tacky right off. But I took it a step further and added some essentially pumice, something gritty to help scrub it off. And that was a great step. But you know what happened? I was, I was experimenting with tackies because I was trying to make a new formulation of tacky. And I had to cl- clean my hands in between each trial, right? And I'm like sitting there and the lucky number seven's doing great. I'm like, I'm so sick of this shit though, right? So I took a paper towel and I was trying to clean it. Cause I'm like the towel I'm using is just fucked at this point. It's got so much shit in it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to ruin another towel, another hand towel. Right. So I'm trying to use paper towels. And I realized if I soaked the paper towel in the lucky number seven and then use that, it took the tacky off so much better. And then I was like, why has nobody ever just thought of like, soaking a disposable towel in some sort of tacky remover you know what i mean yeah and so i did <laughs> so that's
1: so that's your patent
0: that's gonna yeah that's that is the patent and it's a uh so they're three dollars a piece is what they're going to retail for um they come in a little foil pack it weighs like half an ounce if that just tear the thing open Take out the towel, unfold it, wipe your hands, you're done. Throw it out when you're done.
1: Pretty convenient.
0: I mean, that that's the selling point here, right? You don't have to bring a towel and baby oil or a towel yeah. and WD-40. You can just bring two of these towels, and I guarantee two of these towels will clean up any mess you have. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So it's like I'm selling you on convenience. Everything I've ever invented for Strongman was just shit I wanted for myself. Right. Um, I came up with the Game Day Kit, which is a small bag that has everything you need for a stone run in it. It has uh, a half ounce, no, a one ounce jar of tacky, um, one bottle of tacky remover, and a wet wipe to clean your hands before you put your tacky on. And all that comes in this tiny little kit. So you don't have to bring around this fucking giant tub of tacky.
1: You know what I mean? That gets to be a bit tedious.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? You can yeah. just have this one little tub. If you want more than one, you just buy two. You know, they're like, I think I sell them for $6 each. 12 bucks. You have two disposable things. You just take out what you want, throw the thing out. You don't have to worry about fucking up your gym bag, putting in a fucking garbage bag and shit. You know, I mean, I've been there. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are all just... <clears throat> conveniences I wanted for myself. And that's that's what leads me to these ideas and these inventions, you know? And, and, like, that's the crazy part about all of this. Like, I started this 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Watching Elliot Hulse lifting Atlas stones. And, like, 10 years later, I'm doing the stones for the World Games. I'm doing a world record stone for, for Hannah Lindsay. You know what I mean? I'm doing a fucking world-level world, world stone-off stone, you know what I mean, for one of the, the biggest international competitions, you know, not just Clash, but OSG as well, you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. It's crazy. That, and then, you know, I'm inventing shit, you know what I mean, that is hopefully helping people. Like, right. It, it's, it's fucking crazy. It's... I would have never thought I'd be here. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's insane. And then I've got someone like you who's like, I think I want you on the podcast. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Okay. Like, I have a great personality, so I understand why. Well, but, tr- trust
1: me, man. I was, I was equally surprised that you even messaged back because I, assume, I always assume that anybody I ask is going to say, I just prepare for like the no you know i shoot my shot and then the, like if they don't message back i'm like eh, okay like i've had a few people like that like i messaged a band i was like hey you guys trying to come on the podcast and he was like yeah let me get with the other members and you know we'll set something up never got back to me i'm like eh, whatever. <laughs> okay no like no worries it it there's there's other guests you know it's kind of yeah, how yeah. i look at it yeah well you've had some
0: uh some pretty notable people i did i who did who did did i see you had on there that i was like you had him on here that's pretty
1: cool uh jordan syatt i had at the beginning of the year um tyler young tyler Tyler young tyler pruitt yeah he just went pro yeah um i don't know i've had a few pretty cool people on where i'm like okay cool so i got to have that conversation (laughs) you know it's i've been telling everybody all week like you know, I've got the guy who made the Stones for OSG coming on. And then I've got Anthony Furman coming on. And then, yeah. you know, on the day after Anthony Furman, I've got some guy in California who makes a living off of his paintings, you know, coming on. So it's, you That's know, dope. it's I just try to find cool people who I think would make for good episodes. And then, and it's got to be something I'm genuinely interested in. Like I had a, I had a chick on who made uh, art out of Bugs. Okay, yep. and it was her name is Insect Mother, and she makes really fucking cool like decoration pieces. And I'm like, so you that make a living off out. of this? And she yeah. was like, Yeah, I, I she, like I I was able to quit my job and make my living off of this, and I just kind of work my own hours. And I was like, That is amazing. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, let me tell you, like with Will Development being full time, it's a different kind of stress. You know what I mean? Um, i value the time i had at my old job you know i was there i got that job when i was 18 it was my second job actually second official job i should say i worked in shops when i was a kid wasn't supposed to you know that kind of thing right Off the books right um got a real job right when i was 15 um i was like a cashier at this non place um they were okay i'll put it that way i I don't have a ton to say about them. I was there for three years. That's all I'd say. Um, then I got that job when I was eighteen. I mean, I fucking grew up in that place. You know what I mean? I was there from yeah. till I was eighteen. I was twenty eight. I went through, I went through a great beginning, a weird middle, and a terrible ending of a relationship. And then the start of the relationship with my wife to to getting married to my wife to making my my side business go from just a hobby to like, Hey, I'm actually kind of making money at this now, you know, Yeah. all of that in the span of being at this job, you know what I mean? And, and so I value the time I I had there and, um, (laughs) they'll never see this, but I think if I could say anything to the people I worked with, there would be, uh, I wish it could have ended a little bit differently than how it ended. I would say better. It didn't exactly end on the best of terms. Um, I wish it could have ended a little better. And there's things I could have done better to make that happen. And there's things they could have done better too. like both of us were at fault. Both of us said some things and did some things we should regret. I know I do for sure. I regret some of the things I didn't said, but you know, I grew up there basically. And uh, you know, working nine to five was fine it was nice to have a steady paycheck it was nice that uh you they, they were never a problem by giving me time off or anything like that to be fair i was a pretty model employee too i mean i never missed a day that i wasn't scheduled to miss you know that kind of thing um i think i was late one time in like nine and a half years you know what oh, i mean shit like n- no dude like these people expect me to be here at eight in the morning i'm fucking here at 7 45 you know what i mean like it's just that simple right in my mind, you know, a promise is a promise. When I'm then gone, my word's the only thing that's gonna live past me. So uh, you know, I value all those things and I value the stability I had from it. I value the fact that I was able to build up a pretty healthy 401k while I was there, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, man, I didn't like it. You know what I mean? It didn't fulfill me. I was waking up in the morning going, fuck. Yeah, I know that feeling. You know what I mean? And I was just like, I don't want to do this. And that's not to say I wake up every morning now and I'm like, yay, I get to fucking pour another fucking stone, you know? Like, no, I hate some parts of this job too because at the end of the day, every job is a job. Yes. But, you know, the beauty of this job is that the end of it, the end of every single order and every single job is i get to meet another person in this community and i get to be one small part of their journey in this in the their journey you know what i mean and and i say it in every post that i make about a a a person i make stones for where i'm i always say i'm humbled and honored to be a small part of their journey and the reason I just started saying that is because that's the only way I could figure. That's the only words I could come up with to describe how I feel about it. Where it's like I'm incredibly humbled that you would pick me, and I'm honored to be a part, even a small one, of the of your journey. Like, because at the end of the day, stones are they're just one part of the sport. Yeah, it makes me just one tiny part of what's going to make you a competitor. You know what I mean, or make you stronger in some way. So it's like that's crazy to me that i get to be a small part of so many people's lives and that is what makes it worth it you know with to 95 i never got that there was never an end every fucking day was exactly the fucking same you know what i mean it was just it's it's groundhog day yeah i and the whole you know the moral of that movie is that like that's a trap and it's it's really it's hell when you get stuck in that and 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 again not the dog the old job they there was a lot of great things about it and i worked with a lot of really good people but that shit just wasn't for me man you know yeah. on top of the fact that i talked way too much shit about not at the job but like at the gym and like it with my friends where i was like yeah i'm probably gonna quit this job at some point but i'll never work for anybody else now so i'm like oh i need to fucking make sure this works out now Cause I talk way too much shit to go back to work and for someone else. Now
1: I'm, I'm that same way where I'm like, why why the fuck would I leave my job where I'm at? I'm just to just to go deal with bullshit at another job. Like, at least I know these motherfuckers. Yes. So. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> the enemy, you know, hundred percent. That was, <clears throat> yeah, cause that was my whole thing. I was like, I could go work somewhere else for more money, but it's like, I already got a good thing here, you know? Yeah. It's a good enough thing, you know, at the time it was a good enough thing, you know? So yeah, like I left for, you know, to make less money, but at the same time, I don't have to drive anywhere for free. Um, I don't, you know, my expenses are also significantly less. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and uh, yeah. So it's like, you know, I traded some stresses for other stresses, but like I said, it's the, the rewarding part of it is that, that end of the job every single time I get rewarded by meeting even <clears throat> even previous clients from repeat business too you know it's that 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 shit about you know a, a a client will become a friend long before a friend will become a client dude like that is the realest shit you will ever hear period right because I have friends people I thought were friends, people that have called me brother during competition. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Yeah. And they've never given me a fucking dime. And then they kind of like, when I bring that up, like I don't bring it up a lot, but like if it does come up and it's sort of the topic of conversation and I'll be kind of like, you never fucking supported me, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, well you don't have to be like that. Like motherfucker. You've literally never paid my bills. I'll talk to you however the fuck I want.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, no, no, you don't get to be like that with me. Okay. Like, I'm the one providing the service. You're the one ignoring your friend. Yeah. You're the one, you're the one wanting a fucking discount from your friend. Like, that is so shitty too. Fuck you. I give my friends tips when I get shit from them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it costs 60, here's 70. You know what I mean? Like, I want you to be successful because when you're at the top, you're going to remember me.
1: Yeah. Like, Fucking! It's, it's it's networking in a sense because, like you said, people will remember who support them and who 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 doesn't support them.
0: And that's that was my that that was actually my main point with OSG and Clash. It's not what you can do; it's who you know. Yes, because I knew John Fulmer. He introduced me to lynn I got the OSG job because I knew Anthony, and was doing the job for OSG and knew Lynn. I got the class job yeah you know what i mean because i got the osg job that opened me up to people all over the world yeah that now know me and like my work best in the world people like my work you know what i mean like it's gonna be fun i don't know if you uh if you watch osg or anything i um, try to catch what i can when i can try to catch it a lot this year so i dress up as florida Man. Um, <laughs> I wear, I have custom Hawaiian t-shirts with my logo plastered all over them. And I wear cargo shorts and flip flops. I'm from the swamps of Florida. I got to live it up, man. You know what I mean? I am what I am. Right. Um, and uh, Lawrence Shalle and I kind of got into it at clash because he wore a lot of Hawaiian shirts too. So every day we would compete with who had a better Hawaiian t-shirt on. <laughs> um, so I'm, ho- I don't know if he's doing the, the announcing for OSG this year. I believe he is again. Uh, assuming he is, uh, we're going to definitely have a fucking Hawaiian shirt have, off, definitely have Hawaiian shirt off this year. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to keep up this year. Cause I have a bunch of new custom wheel development ones. And like some of them are extraordinarily gaudy. So yeah,
1: well, you're also from coastal America. Oh, a hundred percent. So you've, you've got the upper hand here.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm like, first of all, you're like, you're British dude. Like, okay. <laughs> like. I'm pretty sure we already won this fight a long time ago. Long okay. ass time ago. Like, yeah, a couple hundred years. Just a cup hundred, you know.
1: <laughs> go go ahead and drink the water out of the Atlantic. See how that tastes.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, is it tea time yet? I don't know. <laughs> is it? Is it? I don't really play golf. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's Scottish anyway. Yeah, that's basically what you guys are, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's the same the thing, thing it's all in the united say? kingdom right uh, did i just say the thing you're not supposed to say oh no <laughs> oh crumpets oh no he's funny i like that guy too uh, yeah lawrence Shale. i get, i've like hung out with lawrence chalet that's fucking weird it is yeah you know what i mean like it's it's just what a wonderful like just crazy experience like these people i i've like you said you idolize people and you get to meet them and like some of them are super cool and you're like friends with them and shit it's Never, never in a million years would I've thought so many steps had to happen, right? Like, I had to find a community I fell in love with, right? And then the community accepts me, which is fucking crazy. And then now I've met people that I respect in the community or look up to, what was the better, better words. And they like me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, again i got cigars and barbecue with cj pierce after he won his world title like we just hung out for like six hours afterward, yeah and he stayed at my house like that's so fucking cool like what other sport in the world <clears throat> can somebody say that shit
1: none of them that don't involve <clears throat> niche strength
0: you know what i mean like yeah i just had the uh uh, you know world champion uh, we went out for barbecue and cigars afterward and uh uh he gave me his pressing program you know what i mean like yeah like what yeah yeah lebron james and i we just went out afterward you know got <laughs> fucking cigars and barbecue and then you know fucking like what no never Yeah, never that never happened they would never okay you know what i mean so it's just What a crazy cool thing. Did I answer all your questions on how to do Atlas stones? No, you absolutely did. Yeah. 100%. Because I was like, I knew we talked about packing the fuck out of them. Uh, Wait at least three days in the mold. Uh, That's what I tell people. Uh, Give her her three days in the mold. If you want to give her even better chance of coming out decent, Um, covering the pore hole is is something I like to do. I I actually just take... um, the bottoms of other molds and just put them right over top of it that makes sense and just leave it right there it's not exactly airtight but you don't need it to be airtight i'm just trying to create a uh, uh a greenhouse right just to just to recycle the humidity in there basically um and that'll help it set and cure a little bit faster um like i said three days minimum you can leave it in there if you want to leave that bitch in there for a month You can. There's nothing wrong with that inherently, you know what I mean, if you've got the time, I guess. (laughs) Um, But yeah, minimum three days. If you try to take them out any earlier than that, you really risk chipping pieces off the stone as you try to knock that mold off Um, because the concrete tends to still be a little bit soft at that point. Yeah. Um, Yeah, three days minimum in the mold. Sand your fucking seams, you heathens, like um you can buy what's called a rub brick at any hardware store it's in the masonry section over by all the trowels and the uh the um all the masonry tools you'll find it over there usually as a blue handle and most of them are like 60 grit uh and it's just like a blue handled thing with a big black brick on it and uh you can just use that to very easily take the seams down Okay. Um, if you don't have an angle grinder If you have an angle grinder, use that bitch It's much easier um, Take the nub off the, the easiest way is get a cup diamond grinder On an angle grinder Takes it right off um, Patching That's a fun topic Recently I have started experimenting with Mixing, doing a half and half Mixture of concrete Bonding adhesive And water And using that as the liquid base for the hydraulic cement, which by the way, all the hydraulic cement, every brand, it's all the same shit. Like just buy the cheapest one. Don't, don't, don't be a brand whore. There's no point. Uh, The, the cheap one that I buy is made by fucking QuickCrete. And I'm like, so what's the difference? Right. Oh, fucking $20 is the difference. Got it. Yeah, just buy the cheapest shit you can. I personally like hydraulic cement. Some guys like patch. Um, I like the hydraulic cement because it cures. It sets fast, but not too fast. It cures to like 8,000 PSI or some crazy shit like that. So it's like super durable, Um, pretty easy to work with. And it's always available. Those Those are the big things I look for when I'm looking for stuff. For like my business you know what i mean like it's got to be easily available it's got to be you know cheap enough that kind of thing so um yeah i like the hydraulic cement i've recently started using a half and half mixture of concrete bonding adhesive and water instead of just plain water um wet the stone don't make it soaking wet just kind of like just so it's sort of damp yeah uh What I like to do is turn mist with the hose, get it just kind of damp. Then I start mixing up my hydraulic cement. And once I get to the consistency I like now, the hydraulic cement, I actually do like at the consistency of almost like a Play-Doh, where I can form it in my hand into a ball and it stays that way.
1: And then you can Um, kind of push it into.
0: Exactly. And then I'll just spread it by pressing it usually with the palm, with like the heel of my palm, you know, right, and just pushing down and sliding it as I need to into the pits. Um, and over the years, my standards have sort of changed with the um, what I find acceptable in terms of pitting on the stones. Um, and ironically, my standards have actually just gotten slightly looser with that where I'm like, it's not even worth patching these pits sometimes because they're so small and they're so shallow. It's more work than it's worth, and most people aren't even going to notice it anyway. Um, but you're going to have to make that own determination based on your standards. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, not to mention my 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 techniques have gotten better over the years. That it just there's less pitting right out of the gate, anyway. So you know, um, I have my own standards. You're going to have to figure out your own. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, but yeah, once you've spread it all around, then you just take a wet T-shirt, man. And just, I actually like to fold it in half, um, like the neck to the, I don't know what you call the bottom of a t-shirt, the waist, I guess.
1: Yeah, something like that. Where you you tuck your pants in.
0: Yes, exactly. So I like to fold it that way in half. And then uh, because the collar can sometimes dig in where you don't want it to. I'm trying to make it so there's only a flat spot of the shirt. Touching it. Um, at that point, make it as taut as possible and literally just seesaw it back and forth over the stone. And uh do one pass, wash the shirt, wring it out, do it again, and do it again and do it again until you've taken off that top layer of uh material that's still on there. And after that, I actually do recommend placing something like a towel or i use um cuz i patch the h in all the hybrid stones yeah um i patch that in and what i do is i take a uh, a towel and i soak it like really really damp and i just place it over top of that h and just tap it down and then just leave that overnight and i'm water curing that piece of hydraulic cement. And that does a few things. Number one, it keeps it from shrinking because as that cures, it's gonna shrink up, makes it have a higher chance of popping out. And uh, it also makes it super durable a lot faster. So I can then you know, go right into dyeing it if I have to, that kind of thing. So I highly recommend doing the same thing if you're even if you're just patching the little pits, um, try to put something wet over top of it just overnight. Um, and, and that'll help it cure better and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, that's man, that's that's the basics, ins and outs, man. I could write a book on it, and all of it would be wrong. So,
1: <laughs> well, hey, man, we're coming up on four hours. Yeah, that sounds about right for me. I'm chatty. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. It was it was a um, a very good episode, and I'm glad we were able to touch on much more topics than just stone making, <clears throat> because those are always the best episodes to have. We, we started out talking about strong, man. We got into religion and then came full circle back to stones.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause let's say, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's what this empire you see around you was built upon.
1: <laughs> well, Hey man, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. And um, it was, it was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for the invite. I'll uh, I, I mean, t- Get back with
1: me next year so I can talk about more shit. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully I'll see you around at a competition eventually someday. Yeah. You know, I'm sponsoring a show in
0: Georgia. I know that's not quite up to your neck of the woods just yet. Cause you're in, where did you say
1: Virginia, West Virginia? I am in, I'm in Tennessee. Oh, you're in Tennessee. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've got
0: some friends up there. Actually. I could make a visit. Somebody I like South South
1: side and stuff.
0: I don't know where the hell they live. Tennessee's big. I know. So. Oh yeah.
1: No, it's very big. I mean, I'm like yeah. by Nashville.
0: Okay. I mean, shit, we'll figure it out, man. I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've always wanted to do a little traveling here and there. So, um, isn't Anthony out that way?
1: Yeah. I think if I'm not mistaken, I think he lives in Nashville now. Oh, well, there you go. I have no, yeah. I'll just come up and see him and then visit you too. There you go. <laughs> That'd be perfect. It would give <laughs> cool me an excuse thing. to go down to South side. Yeah, you know, and hey, if you ever want to take a
0: visit down here, I live right by the Sanford Airport, so. Perfect. Yeah, I think there are flights directly from Tennessee to it, so. Probably. BNA is a very, huh, it's, it's in the middle of everything, so. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> hey, this, this airport is tiny, but it's the only place that the space shuttle can land other than Cape Canaveral.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, when I was in school, we used to feel it when the shuttle would land. That's awesome yeah a million pounds and the whole thing would jump be
1: like oh shit we have earthquakes in florida run (laughs) well all right man uh cool you have a great rest of your night and i will talk to you later absolutely man thanks for having me on dude absolutely all right dude take it easy